Hello, welcome to the Honest Wargamer. It's the ADC One Monday show, which happens around 7-ish p.m. GMT-ish. Uh, every Monday-ish, depending on travel. And this Monday we're live, which is great. This is actually part one of a two-parter. Uh, and I'm joined by James, the Lord what of up? the Ring. How yeah, are you, James? Uh, the ninth Lord of the Ring now, I think. Yeah. One of the nine. <laughs> one of the nine. Ring yeah, rights. Well, <laughs> definitely, definitely can kill a dragon with a 10-point upgrade. Yes, you can. Yes, you can. I can't wait to talk about that. this weekend. That's what, yeah. <laughs> Correct. And then Nathan, Nathan, how you been doing? I've been doing grand, thank you. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, all good. Yeah. Just same old, same old. Played a game of Warhammer against you last week. Yes, last week, we sometime. Did. Last week. Yes, yes, we did. Beginning. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, we did. That was fun. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was good. You got to see the squigs, and I got to see loads of pink horrors. Who's more bored of uh, Nathan? Are you? What? You, who's more bored? Like, are you bored of seeing pink horrors yet? Because I'm still weirdly not bored of seeing goblins. Really? Seeing pink horrors. Perfect start to the show. It's fine. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, I still like seeing squigs and all sorts of other things. I love seeing. Are you squigs. sure you still like seeing squigs? Yeah. Okay, just checking. Yeah. Some have gone on pre-order this weekend, haven't they? This weekend week. The Squiggleland. So yeah, you're talking about the the Christmas box that they put out. The Squiggleland actually sold out. Oh uh, no, I'm talking about the the Underworlds band have gone on pre-order. Oh, you don't I think the... they're going on pre pre-order this coming weekend. Yes, you're talking about the new section. Squigs. Yeah, they've got they've got a, a squig on a stick. And a squig with a dude riding on it with a hammer lance. Mm -hmm. Nice. Which is a great way to use a lance. Hammer lance. So what Nathan is talking about, what Nathan is uh, pointing out, is that uh, if anyone hasn't keep keep track, that there is a there there are on pre-order. So there's a game called some people may know it called Underworlds. Uh, it's not actually. Um, I don't know if it's that popular. Is it that popular, Underworlds, anymore, James? No idea. Literally no idea. It was the one I never played because he had a load of cards and I couldn't be bothered. It has mm. a lot of I cards. Think, yeah, I think they've tidied up the card side from what I've heard. Well, Made it so you don't need so many of them. The new goblins are out for it, basically, or they're on pre-order. So Yeah, they'll that... be on pre-order this weekend coming, I think. Oh, this weekend coming. Yes, that's the one. Um, yeah, so it's going to be pretty good. Uh, so yeah, they're out. Okay, all right. Let's find out how everyone's doing. Uh, James, you've been playing Lord of the Rings this weekend. Catch us up. How's that been going? Uh, oh yeah, yeah. Actual hobby update. Uh, so, oh, yeah, actually, so this sorry, weekend... before we do that, can I just let everyone know what the show's about, and then we'll crack yeah. on. Yeah, yeah, just 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 eighteen minutes in or whatever it is. Uh, hello. Uh, we, we, today's show is we're going to be looking at the Mortal Realms. James has been playing Lord of the Rings this weekend. That's what he's about to talk to us about. But in Lord of the Rings, your characters, your heroes, your conquistadors, although problematic, uh, swashbucklers, noble uh, elves, and doughty dwarfs are mighty heroes upon the game. James, correct? Yeah. Or, or some are more so than others. <laughs> However, unfortunately, uh, unfortunately, uh, in Age of Sigmar, I would say the duelist role, if you kind of want to uh, like think about it like that, you, the swashbuckler, the fencer, the uh, the uh, screamador, 
for example, the skirmisher doesn't really exist very often in a lot of factions. So we're going to go through most of them today. We're going to call. We're going to say. We're going to descri- We're going to describe together whether or not we're going to hit them or quit them. And then in part two, which will be some point recorded before Christmas, we will make a tier list of the best duelists in the mortal realms to be decided on uh, by the Twitch chat and also me, uh, Nathan and James. How's that sound? Yeah. So what? It's like a hero on foot. Yeah, hero. Yeah, hero on foot. Can't be cavalry. Yeah, yeah. doesn't count. I would say can't be monstrous, but I'm. I've kind of let like the trog boss in. Oh, favoritism. He's not, he's not a monster anyway. Well, exactly, exactly. So like, I feel like no cavalry. It's got to be on foot, and the trog boss kind of counts. So like, trog boss down is what I'm saying. But my brute Trogwath is completely out because that's a cavalry unit. Oh, yeah. It's yeah. definitely cavalry. Yeah. So that's. That that's one mounted Trog. And, and hopefully uh, the show will point out, and maybe through humor, <laughs> who knows? Maybe we'll tell some jokes. <laughs> yeah. We'll point out that they haven't really necessarily nailed down that, that role in a lot of battle tomes for some units uh, in the game that you would expect to be more melee-centric. Uh, and then hopefully, based on James's kind of playing a Lord of the Rings, we'll also get some sort of like context for what having more melee-centric characters in a game may do to a game, because that would be really fun to, to discuss. Um, so yeah, there's going to be loads. Like Sigvald's a good example of one that's probably going to make it. We're probably going to hit Sigvald and not quick Sigvald, um, because he's got those chaps on. So you're definitely going to hit them, Nathan. Yeah, they're definitely hittable. They are. Okay, so... We can all slap, slappity slap, chappity chap. <laughs> yeah, like absolutely whacking a big bit of ham is what we're going to do. Uh, but before we do that, <laughs> I'm going to see how Nathan and James are and catch everyone up with the news. James... James was telling us about... Yeah, them. go for it, baby. Tell us what's going Don't on. Uh, cool, yeah. So I had a fairly busy week. So last week on the last week's show, I was painting. I think I painted radagast if memory serves me right last week uh so yeah so that was for an event this weekend just gone so i went to warhammer world and played my first ever uh middle earth strategy battle game event uh which was a throne of schools it was at warhammer world uh and it was fun it was my first event in six months i think of any game system uh uh yeah it was good um, so because I spent the weekend. This is, this is you coming out of retirement. Well, kind of. Okay. So, like, w- describe to me where you're at I'm in now your career. Very are you retired? Are you Tyson just released from prison, or are you Tyson now ready, like, and fully trained up, ready to get in the ring? Uh, uh, I'm probably going back to prison. <laughs> it's almost Christmas. Your Tyson's still in prison. Okay. Yeah, yeah, probably still in prison. No, it was good. It was good. Um, I forgot how like knackering two days is. So like, uh, in a, in you know like some self-inflicted pain. I stayed up till one o'clock in the morning the night before I went playing Dark Tide, uh, and then and then pressing that same one button. For yeah, like pressing minutes. that same one button, trying yeah. to win, and then uh, and then we went to Warhammer World. Then I played three games of a game I'd only played. So I. Worked it out before I got to the first table because I was trying to be super honest. So my first opponent, I was like, just so you're aware, this is my seventh game of this ever and my second game ever with this army. (laughs) And what did he say? 
And he went, oh, that's okay. This is like my 12th game. I was like, excellent. Here we go. You assume because of, I don't know what happened to my voice again. I think I'm hitting puberty finally. Uh, you assume <laughs> that, um, uh, that uh, because of the new Lord of the Rings series, that uh, Lord of the Rings, the tabletop miniature war game experience may well be getting a bit of... Uh, a bit of uh, like popularity, an increase in popularity. Yep. Are you? Yeah. Do you feel? Do you feel that, James? Is that what inspired you? Uh, no, uh, I think I've always liked it, and I played a bit, and I like the models, and we all like the world probably because that's why we're all like into fantasy in the first place. Um, but I think, yeah, maybe seeing the world again made me pick it back up. Um, but I think I also think like the few games I had played, I was like, this rule system's really tight. It plays far enough away from, I think, Games Workshop's other games. Like I've said before, I know in the past when I ever have played 40K, I'm always like, this feels like I'm playing Bad Age of Sigma. Whereas I feel like when I'm playing um, a Middle-Earth Strategy Battle game, I'm always like, oh, I feel like I'm playing not a Games Workshop game or like not their standard game. <laughs> So I think that's nice too, because I think playing a game and being like, I could be playing a game that's similar but better almost seems like a waste of time. Um, whereas like playing a game and being like, oh, this is different was nice. That's great. That's great. Uh, talk to me about uh, the crowd. What's the crowd like? Are they all like, I assume, uh, young uh, young people who have been into the Lord of the Rings franchise for years and dressed up as elves uh, and not a bunch of like tree bits or like a nice dynamic mix. What was the crowd like? It was a, it was a good mix. Oh yeah. Uh, so cool. it was a throne of schools. Um, I would say that 30% of the people there don't know what a throne of schools is. Okay. Uh, okay. And so for anyone in the chat that doesn't know what a throne of schools is. So throne of schools is one of Warhammer world's like own official event names uh, and it basically is an event where 50% of your score comes from what you do in the event and 50% comes from being like sporting and painting well at this one, at least. Mm -hmm. um, and some people didn't seem to get that memo or didn't read a pack or didn't know that. But it was in the pack because I checked on the second day just because I was like, oh, maybe they changed this. It's one of their brands, right? Like That I think yeah. actually is is uh, is a really important thing to kind of like talk about for like the, the gaming community because I think a lot of the gaming community sometimes feel maybe like uh, gang pressed into like being at a tournament. Like you're like, oh, I like there's a tournament close to me, but the TO I have just likes it to be 2000 point Age Sigma standard or they, they just want it to be like pretty, you know, like pretty competitive Age Sigma, which is super fair. Like it's a way to do it. So if you don't have those variety of different formats, Games Workshop don't do a great job of explaining Throne of Skulls as a format out, uh, very much like the rest they do. Um, and it's a really great format. Uh, it's really good. Nathan, didn't you win Throne of Skulls? No, you did. Oh, yeah. Nailed it. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking great combo there. Uh, I love that. Thanks. <laughs> but yeah, Throne of Skulls is really good because it's a casual format where you can really just say to yourself, I'm going to have a fun time and hopefully make other people have a fun time, which is kind of mm. a key part, right? Nate, did you actually play in a Throne of Skulls, though? Have you done yeah, that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. We played in the same yeah, one, yeah. right? Yeah, I played it that one. What did you think of Throne of Skulls as a format compared to like yeah, normal tournaments? I, I like it. Yeah, fifty. So it's fifty percent soft scores, which are painting and 
player um, player voting for you. Yeah. Or maybe sometimes it's even more. It used to be just based on that, didn't it? Um, but now they do include uh, some score for winning your games as well. Yeah. Yeah. I had some real good games in that. Yeah. I had some really great games as well. Like it was. Yeah, it, I took dwarves to that. Yeah. Oh yes, I remember. That, that was probably the last time I played with dwarves. Yeah, it was great. They were great. They were great. Uh, James, uh, so uh, Lord of the Rings Throne Skulls. Like, what's the format? What's the GT format for uh, for Lord uh, so of the it, Rings? So, so Lord of the Rings has like a GT setup in in the form of a book. So like all the other games, but I don't think it's changed in several years. Uh, so the book, there's map, uh, like battle plans, as we would call them. I think they're called missions. Can't remember scenarios, maybe. Don't know. But they're they're like they're like an, like other game systems that Games Workshop makes. So there's a book, and there's missions in the book, and five are given you to to you throughout the day, um, and you play to a points level. So I think GT level, uh, Mesba is 750 but for throwing the schools they did a thousand points on a six by four map um and uh you played five missions from the mission book and then you had um uh these cards that are in the back of the book that are like secondary objectives as we would know them so before a game you pick three face down on a table and then your opponent picks um one of them but never knows what it is. You know what it is, and you have a secret objective to uh, to do during the game. So it's like kill all their wizards, or don't let your hero get stabbed, or um, cool. sit in a forest by the end of the game. That sort of stuff. So a bit a bit like probably stuff we see in Age of Sigmar. Like a grand strategy, yeah, grand strategy, but one um, that's hidden. That's quite cool. Yeah. yeah, and then the weirdest thing about middle earth which probably took me four out of five games to get my head around um was uh basically that every mission scores a maximum of 12 points so you can't score more than 12 yeah and you don't score until the the end the game ends uh, so you don't count any scoring it, until the end nothing of the game. is counted until the very end of the game but how yeah. do you know how you're doing? Uh, you don't. I learned. I guess if you, I guess if you played loads, maybe you do. But like in my second game, uh, without like going through the whole event, like I got stumped. Like I lost probably seventy-five to eighty percent of my army, and he lost two models. And I was like, "Well, I've definitely lost." And then at the end, when we were counting points, it was, oh, it's 7-4, which is a minor victory to him, which still gave, gave me points, like tournament points. Oh, okay. Um, so, yeah, so that's weird because you're playing a game, but um, the you don't score until the end. And I guess if you played the battles continually, you'd have a rough idea of how those work. Um, but, like, as someone who'd played, like, 10 games, I had no idea what I was scoring. I was just trying to play a game. Uh, so that's quite cool. And then the other thing that's really weird um, is the game. Um, the game ends based on like a mission uh, objective. So most of it was when one and one army was at twenty five percent of its starting number was pretty much when they ended. But some of those are like when an army gets to twenty five percent of its starting number, 
on the next turn before you start roll a dice on a one or a two the game ends if not you just keep going and other than that there's no limit of turns so i had one game where i had eight models so five big birds a hero bird radagast and a bear and i got to fight a, a dragon and a smaug which is that like 500 pounds yeah. model games workshop sell uh, mm. so he had two models and i think at one point we'd rolled 22 priorities and then i lost count <laughs> <laughs> that's amazing it was literally like my bear charges smaug we roll one of us wins we push each other back we roll priority one of us charges the other one we roll <laughs> one of us wins we roll priority i was like this game's nuts. I've rolled like 22 priorities <laughs> and it doesn't end until stuff dies. And, and I have to kill a so giant recommend. dragon. Yeah. <laughs> James, uh, just uh, some other thoughts. Like Lord of the Rings, really popular. A lot of cosplay. Uh, any, oh, yep. uh, any fancy, <laughs> any fancy, there any was, cosplay at the event? There was cosplay at the event. Oh yeah. Um, so, so there was a guy dressed as an elf. Okay. Very, His outfit very actually, normal very fancy oh really like he went yeah had full... a, like had like full fancy hat matched the film Ooh. so yeah. either he'd bought it and spent some good money or he knew what he was doing uh there was a guy in a dwarf dressed as a dwarf with a builder's hat on but we decided his hat was too clean because it wasn't dirty and he should have been in a mine so probably should have been a bit dirtier uh but then bit creepy <laughs> bit creepy uh, someone dressed as the Arkenstone. Um, okay, okay. So before anyone gets into this, yeah, Nathan, do you know what the Arkenstone is? Isn't that the stone that was under the mountain? Yes. Yeah. So somebody dressed as a stone. Yeah, yeah. a real bright stone. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. So, like before anyone, before anyone, uh, before James <laughs> describes it, get in your mind how you would dress as the Arkenstone. Get there emotionally. <laughs> And then James Why is so creepy though. Yeah, right. Well, <laughs> well exactly. So James, so, how how did he do it? So in my head, so so he walked in, we looked at him for a bit, and everyone was <laughs> just like, What the hell is that? I was like, I think it's the Arkenstone because there's nothing else that would look like that. Everyone else decided he was a squid. So he was in like reflective silver shoes. Yeah. Reflective silver trousers. And then his top half was basically a squid outfit because he had the pointy head that came in. And then where his face was, was a hole. And he'd painted his face blue and stuck <laughs> glitter all over it. Right? And you know, like, you go to an Age of Sigma event and someone's dressed up. Like, Matt Mallow once dressed as a tree. So if you imagine that outfit, if anyone's ever seen it in pictures or whatever, it was a bit like someone wearing that who then painted their face and covered it in glitter which isn't comfortable. And I thought, it's not going to be an enjoyable nine hours for you, mate. Um, but I'd just like to say big props to the Games Workshop staff because that, like on day one, there's these like five or six people in fancy dress. And the staff, I think before game two, were like, we just want to say, um, we think it's really impressive that people have come in fancy dress. We've never had it for a Lord of the Rings event before. And in celebration, we're going to do a, costume uh prize for the best costume at the event 
But we're voting mm. on it tomorrow, so you've got to come in costume tomorrow too. <laughs> and I thought someone looked at that Arkenstone guy and went, we can ruin his weekend. <laughs> <laughs> did he come in it the next day? Yeah, he did, yeah. He did win the outfit because I don't know how anyone else was going to beat him because he looked like a right idiot. <laughs> so He deserved a win, I think. I reckon maybe Fancy Dress Awards at every event. Thoughts? Yeah, why not? Because yeah. I like the idea sure. that like you're like, okay, I don't feel comfortable being the best gamer in the room. Not even sure I'm the funniest person in the room. Yeah? My army's not painted that well, but I can definitely dress like a twat. Like, that's really easy. <laughs> Very achievable. Uh, it's yeah. an easy win. What would you dress as? Like, Nathan and James, chat, what would you dress as? Like, what's if you're the going event? To, an eight, it's just an eight to Sigma event, 2,000 points. What are you going as? I'd probably go in jeans, flannel shirt, <laughs> and a hat that I don't pull down the right amount. And what then I'd twat. lose on all accounts because people would be like, don't like that show. <laughs> <laughs> or I fucking just you. Spray, spray myself yeah. with a can of black spray paint, but full body. Yeah. Get a white can, spray it down. Zenithal and then wear a little sign that says, I am the original Zenithal Highlight. <laughs> I go by no other name. Slap job. Fucking rough being me today. I'm not going to lie. James has seen me one time and he's like, yeah, no problem. Here's my shots. Uh, Nathan, what about you? What would you dress as? I'd dress as a specific thing. Uh, squig. Squig gobber. Yeah, I could dress as a squig, <laughs> squig, squig gobber. gobber. <laughs> and then just get little marshmallows, but squig, like, and just put goggly eyes on them and then spit them at people. <laughs> Onto the table, and a grown man is like, (gasps) (laughs) 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 I mean, Christmas Nathan Best Rest Award is available if you want to go for it. (laughs) Okay, Uh, the chat, uh, Grima Water Worm Tongue, just wear a regular goth outfit. Um, a, like a trogoth hag that's very specific uh, a hobgrot is a lot of effort I think I could dress as Sigvald I don't have the hair for it I, I feel um, paint a moonhopper paint yourself green and come in the nude easy so you can could, you could be a bounder couldn't you yeah boingrot bounder on a space hopper yeah that would be uh, fucking you know what hilarious what just a giant rock and people will be like, what the hell are you? And you'll be like, there's plenty of rocks in the mortal realms. The rock. I've seen things. I've seen yeah. things. I've been, I've been stood on so many times. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like, um, idea, quickly, for the uh, for our gaming clubs. Chat, you might not know, but we have a gaming club. Uh, there's only four of us in it so far. Uh, but, like, it's just a little one. Um, we should all go to an event, but we should all take little space hoppers and go as, like, boy grot bounders. <laughs> like, <laughs> like yeah. Would you be... But could we have, like, the little weapons and be the better ones what are they uh, uh, the, squid, uh, the, the hoppers yeah uh, yeah that one yeah, which okay. one's the better one? Oh, you're talking about right. Boingrot Bounders oh they're the good one oh, that's what I want to be I don't they're want to be the, the hopper lad they're the ones that are knights and then oh yeah I want that one I want to be a knight okay I mean if you th- if you want to do it we'll all go to an event as Boingrot yeah. Bounders with space hoppers let's order space hoppers <laughs> imagine turning up 
and there are just four adult men hopping their way into the room. I wonder if anyone makes squig space hoppers. Games Workshop, if you're listening, and make one over this Christmas period. Why don't we make some? Like, but not squigs. Space bouncers. It doesn't matter. Red anyway. Red Furies, we'll call them. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Figs or something. All right, Nathan. Uh, what? So, James, you had a fun time. Lord of the Rings, fun game. You going to play some more? Yeah, it was good. Uh, yeah. Yeah, I'm sure I will. All right, great. Okay. Uh, and we'll come back to uh, some of those things, that, like the heroes and stuff in the game at the moment. Uh, after Nathan, how have you been? What have you been up to? Yeah, all good, all good. Like I say, uh, played that game against you. That's probably the only hobby I've got around doing okay. recently. Yeah, mm. but that was good. Yeah, enjoyed that. Uh, another run out for the old Squigs. Uh, it started off all right for for the Squigs, but then uh, got uh, got buried underneath those of Zinch magic and stuff. Got snagged by the old big unit of pink horrors, to know. So yeah, uh, yeah, it was uh, it was it was pretty funny. I, I was running a unit. I, I'm at the Everwinter GT this weekend, uh, so upcoming, uh, which I'm really looking forward to. And I'm playing in the event, so that's a bit like uh, that's going to be pretty fun. And also, I'm an English fella going over to the American scene, uh, so there's a bit of like a, a scalp on my uh, well, a target on my back and a scalp to take. So I think people are going to want it. So I got like I had to focus a little bit. I couldn't just be like oh ruffle whatever. Uh, so I've had to like I was like, what do I want to take? And honestly, the there's a big issue at the minute with the iron blasters. As much as like like we're a competitive agency my show. I think the Monday show was like kind of moved on as a show like quite a bit. We're we're a we're a big broadcast of people just having a good time. But obviously I'm very like focused on what's happening in the competitive scene and also what's mm. happening in agency more generally. And um Iron Blasters are a huge issue in the moment. Like like the list, which is like four Iron Blasters, three times four lead belchers, two times twenty grots, a stone horn and a, a butcher, is just absolutely shocking stuff to think your way through like from 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 like a what am i going to do with my army sort of a situation um and uh like and it's going to be really meta defining not uh, well, also there's also the new slaves to darkness release so there's a real kind of like you know sometimes there's a, a drop it, like a, a book gets released and it's so defining of what's going to change it's going to shape the game a lot of the way and i think slaves to darkness is going to really uh, change the shape of the game and very much also that Iron Blaster list, if it continues um, to survive, is going to be like one of those really big issues, uh, at least for the armies that are currently out. Maybe gets come out and they pose a new problem. But right now, the very idea that I could lose a Lord of Change or Kairos or any of those things, topple one from 39 inches away with real no options, like is it's pretty devastating. And you're like, well, I guess, I guess I'm fucked. Um, so I've been trying to think around the problem uh, a little bit, and then me and Nathan played a game, and one of my one of my ideas was just to put twenty horrors inside um, a gaunt summoner, or maybe even thirty horrors, and just yeet them in, uh, put them in the no retreat faction, and then just like leave it. But the problem with that is, is it's so insular as a list, it's so linear that you can only really play in one way, and I didn't really want to play that over five games because maybe I never play Iron Blasters. Maybe I just get dunked turn one by some dumb shit corn list because I'm an absolute idiot. And then I just oh, have to... Yeah, exactly, oh, right? And, and, then I got sp- <laughs> and then I got to spend a whole weekend just being like, like, oh, here's my 30 horrors, can't retreat. It fucking sucks. So it's just, it's a bit of misery. So I decided to switch it up last minute. Me and Nathan played a game. 
I was like, nah, I don't want to do this. This is just boring. I wanted to go with the Mutalith Vortex Beast build. Uh, so I've, I've only got the one. So I, I got the one in my list. So I've written my list now. Um, and uh, yeah, I'm playing at the weekend. So uh, cool. that, that was a fun game. So thanks, Nath. But then, Nath, I was doing the stat show earlier today. And a bloke, yeah. and a bloke called Matt Beasley literally has taken my exact well not my exact list because his list is even smarter than my list he's oh, added yeah. in some ungor raiders right cool. so the pre-game yeah. move yeah so that he ends up killing his own ungor raiders to drop in the spawn into combat range oh yeah how clever is that yeah, yeah, yeah quick yeah. change your list no, it's too late. It's too late. Um, so like, uh, but like, just fantastic stuff. And uh, yeah, take it. Now I'm not going to take his list, but I've got my own version. So looking forward to it. Uh, so yeah, that's that. That was a fun game. Thanks for the game, Nath. And so yeah, I'll be yeah, playing no, that at the weekend. You. I've got some enlightened. I'm hoping I just yeet six enlightened at them and just fucking scare them or something. It's probably not going to work, but still. Uh, but yeah, it's a, it's a major issue in the minute. Uh, the minute, James. Like if you were returning to Age of Sigmar, if you're like, hey Rob, I want to play Age of Sigmar again, I'll be like, well. Watch out for them cannons. Yeah, you're... on those rhinoceroses. Yeah, it's a big deal, Nath. Like, what mm. do you what do you think? Like, have you thought about it with your list? Because we talked about it a bit the other day. Yeah, uh, I've not read. No, I've not really thought about it that much. And that I just know that it'll be a real tough battle. It's gonna gonna go down to uh, being really lucky. <laughs> just be lucky. Dodge, duck, <laughs> and dive in the army you don't yeah, want to play. Because. Yeah, it's a horrific shooting list. Yeah, yeah, it's because because yes. it can do. Not only can it pick out like certain models, so if you've got like elite models, it's pretty good at dealing with those. But then it's also not bad at doing a fair amount of damage, like numbers wise. So, like just trying to swamp them, even will probably they'll probably be all right with that. Yeah, it's yeah, yeah, it's because it's got a stone horn in it. It's got a lot of attacks. Yeah, it's, mm. it's pretty comp. It's like yeah, it's so, got good output. So yeah, yeah. and there and there and might be some quite fast as well. Yeah, very fast. And there might be some answers in some armies. Like Deepkin's a good example of some answers in the armies. But like the the army I would like to play is pretty much DOA in that matchup, and that's rough. That's a rough kind of like, yeah, I'm really enjoying playing this at oh. all. <laughs> like it's, it's the end of the day. So, yeah, it's kind of weird. Anyway, um, uh, I'm glad you enjoyed the game, Nathan. You got any events coming up, Nath? Uh, just the one at the, my next one will be the Christmas slaughter or whatever it is that you've got at the arena. So, in Nottingham. So, yeah, I'm, I'll probably bring the squeaks again to that. I might, might swap it up a bit. Might bring a squig gobber. When's the new book? Spit marshmallows at people. January. Oh. Oh. Yeah. Just, yeah. just write to someone that's been painting loads of squigs and ask them if you can have it early. <laughs> <laughs> the oracles, James. They're called the oracles. Oh, okay. Write to the one oracles. Just say, have this early, mate. Yeah. Yeah, I might create a fake Twitter account just called The Oracles where I just reshare all of the playtests this year. Okay, yeah, it's going to be fun, the Christmas event. I'm looking forward to it. Mm. Uh, yeah, the Christmas event, Nathan, based off uh, what we were talking about earlier, is actually called uh, War in the Heart of the Death Storm with the Raging Rivers of Fire Nations. Uh, and just- Blood. And blood. Fancy dress. I'm not saying the Fire Nation attacked. Yeah, fa- yeah, fancy dress encouraged. Uh, as nice. a- <laughs> I'm going to come as Ang. Yeah. Shave my head. Yeah. Oh, Nathan could be Ang. Oh, I'm nearly there. Fuck yes. So, yes. Draw the big blue arrow on. 
um, okay, just give an ogre player a pie during each of their turns and hope they forget there's a shooting phase. Nice. I like that idea. Yeah, that's really fun. All right, okay. Uh, that's the news, I think. Oh, well, that's what you two have been up to. Uh, James, mm. just to intro us into the new section, otherwise we'll be here for hours. Yes. Um, one of the things about Lord of the Rings, the game system, is obviously it's a game based on like a fairly well-known IP. So yes. the difference maybe with Age of Sigmar, I guess to some degree, is we have a lot of gods in Age of Sigmar, and those yep. are the characters you tend to know about. You don't tend to know about like Jimmy the Foot Soldier often. Uh, yeah. But Lord of the Rings, you know about it. You collect it. You play it so you can play as Bjorn or Smaug or Aragorn, Yeah, I right? think I think it's a, it's a weird mix, right? Like, when we pick up Age of Sigmar, I would say, like, probably 90% of people that are new are like, I like those tree people. Yeah. But you don't have, a like, an attachment to tree people if you've not been around. You're just like, oh, I like tree people. Let me play with the tree people. Whereas I think if you've read looked at watched any of the like Tolkien stuff you're probably like oh I thought Thorin Oakenshield was hot let's hang out with him <laughs> or you're like oh I really like that dwarf army where they turned upon a pig I'll play them uh, for me I was always like oh if I'm gonna be like the last stand of people I'll play Rohan because who doesn't like a horse lord uh, exactly. So I think there's like an attachment. <laughs> and I also think there's an atta a weird attachment. So like it's worth pointing out because I haven't played that much, but way back when, and I think still some events, when you turn up, you take a good army and an evil army because good and evil shouldn't fight. Okay. Uh, and they've moved away from that, I think, at a lot of events where you basically just play the army you want to play. But it's also kind of cool like being in a room. And I guess in Age of Sigma, you're like someone's playing Destruction or Order or chaos, or death, and they kind of make a choice there maybe, or maybe they just like, you know, technically like how something looks. But realistically now in Age of Sigmar, like none of the order ones are particularly like the good guys, I wouldn't say. Whereas I think Lord of the Rings kind of gives us the, a black and white good versus evil narrative that's portrayed in a load of books whether you agree or not, whatever. Um, so, like, you pick a good or evil side, and that does matter. So, in-game, there's some, like, core rules where that's affected. So, just to kind of go quickly gloss over them, like, uh, uh, if there's an undecided thing, so, like, if we draw on a roll mm -hmm. or a, a value in a battle, because those matter, um, basically what happens is you'll roll a dice, whoever's priority is, rolls a dice, and on a one, two, three, evil always wins that roll, and on a four, five, six, it's always good. So there's that that matters, and then good guys can't shoot through or into combat where their mates are. Because okay. um, you can always, like, miss shoot when you shoot. So if you have to shoot past a wall, you can hit the wall, and you have to, like, roll for the wall. So, oh, so if if you're like the, yeah, so if you're like if if I'm shooting Nathan's goblins and I can see them because there's a little fence in the way, I can shoot them, but I might hit the fence. Yeah. Oh, but nice. If, if if Nathan's goblins now charged my uh, little Rohan lad, I can't shoot that combat because I could shoot my mate. Okay. Yeah. And I'm like Darren from Rohan, and that's Paul from Rohan, and. I, 
I know he's got a wife and kids and I don't want to shoot him. Whereas if it's the other way around and Nathan's like charged me and his little goblin at the back's like, oh, I could shoot that guy. He can just shoot me. But there is a chance he kills his own model. Oh, that's fun. Yeah. Um, so there's putting like him some, out of his misery. Yeah, no. there's like <laughs> some co- co- core mechanics to, to good versus evil. Uh, so I think you have that selection. So you have a selection of like, do I want to be the goodies or the baddies? in like simplistic kid terms in my head. Yep. And then there's like a selection of like, are you a book fan? Because there are characters in the game now that are like just book people mm. that you wouldn't unless you've read the books or the wider law. And then, or, or are you like, I just want to be the fellowship. I just want to play nine models. Oh, I just want to be like the white city of Gondor and have a million models. And then, and then it's kind of cool. Cause you choose like a faction. Um, and now, unlike for the people that I met at the weekend who'd played for like 20 years, what used to happen when Games Workshop first released it is like uh, the uh, the Fellowship of the Ring came out and like a bunch of models came out and then Two Towers came out and a bunch of models came out. Whereas now it's like, oh, he's just a bunch of models. You can get like everyone. Um, and that's cool, right? So you choose an army and, the, and then you get to choose a bunch of people in it and the heroes are kind of cool. Because yeah, that's the, thing, that's the thing I'd really like to focus on. Yeah, 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 that's the thing I'd like to focus on because that's going to lead us into the next bit. Uh, can I just thank Diadrian for donating £50 to the show for our Christmas nice. fund? That's for our oh, Christmas party. Sweet. Thank you. We're having nice. a staff Christmas party uh, nice. here at the arena. Uh, so if you would like to donate some money to help, that's very, very kind of you. Thank you. Cool. Uh, I did get to see uh, Diadrian at the weekend, actually. He came to play at the arena, which was really nice. Um, uh, so thanks uh, okay uh, James tell me about the it's very kind of you thank you uh, tell us about the heroes because it's the important part lead us into the next bit cool so there's so the uh, I'm just going to wing a bit of this that might be wrong so if you're a middle earth strategy battle game player please take my apologies in advance so there's like levels of hero which I think okay. is important because like because like in Age of Sigmar our definition of a hero is a hero right yes like rules wise okay. so like Nagash is a hero yeah and uh, a Lord Celestin is a hero, but one is technically a god, god hero, and one is a lad, like a, <laughs> yes. a guy reborn. Well, even by a Lord, Sigma. even a Lord Celestin is actually like okay. pretty, like pretty demigod level kind yeah. of. Okay, so give me, give me just a lad, uh, uh, like a, uh, a a dark oath chieftain. Yeah, there you go. It's just a just a chap, right? Yeah. So so you've got like that one definition. So. Uh, Middle Earth strategy battle game has like levels of hero, which which matters in a wider context because they all like everyone comes in with a warband. So the lower the level, the hero, the the less models that can hang out with them in their little crew. Okay. No. Um, but why that also matters is it almost gives you a definition of how good that character should be. Nice. So it's not so just you it's, have... so it's like hero, hero level one, hero level two, hero level three sort of thing. Yeah, kind of, but a bit fancier. So you have like hero of legend, hero of valor, hero maybe, I think at that point, but they're like leveled. So it's like a hero of legend. So like super important, a hero of valor, kind like important, but not super important. Yeah. And then maybe just hero, I think. Um, and they, th- those all have like specific specific stats to them but it kind of quick defines like you look at a book and you're like okay so i have a hero of legend so they're basically minor gash let's say 
So like a hero or legend to try and keep it easy would be like the Witching <coughs> of Agmar. Okay. <clears throat> or Gandalf the White. Or um uh, Aragon. Uh, yeah. and then like your heroes of Valor would be like Aoma, who's the horse lord that hangs around with Theoden and is like captain of the guard, but not a king. Whereas okay. Theoden would be a hero of legend because although he might be an old man and he dies in the films, sorry for the spoiler. Oh my God. Um, oh my he, God. <laughs> you've had long enough. Um, he, he is still like a hero of legend with loads of like narrative about him that's led a kingdom and et cetera, et cetera. Um, and then you have hero kind of level people that can be like kind of nobodies. Okay. And, and also like the non-named characters. So there's like some named characters that are mm. kind of a bit shit, for lack of a better term. So like one of the characters you can get, um, a hero of fortitude are the low-level ones. So um, that's just like a captain. Or, yeah, so, yeah, so it might be like a Gondor captain on foot. And you can like write your own narrative if that matters to you because it's that sort of game um but it might also be like a named character that mattered less so like off the top of my head and he's my his level might be wrong in my head um but like you know if we've all watched uh return of the king there's the guy that steals um uh frodo's mithril vest and legs it <laughs> yeah uh, he's in it. You can have him, but oh, like a little goblin did. Yeah. yeah, and so like he's he's not an important hero, but he's still like a character that affected the lore of the world. Um, so I guess there's that like weird thing where you can take like a hero and they might be semi-important, but they're not Theoden or the Witch King or Gandalf. Um, and then there's like more deep dive into that. So. If you want to debate that first before I go any further, that's cool. If you well, want me to keep going, I think that's I think that's like a tertiary like overview is the important part, especially as maybe like what I'm hoping as we go through this kind of like review because this has been something that's kind of been on the back burner for a show for quite a while. I've been talking about this a lot on like the stat shows or the list review shows, and I've been saying that one of the things that I don't think Games Workshop do very well when they actually look at a book wholesale is they're not very good at writing unit roles. Like when I wrote uh, a Battletoads, well, two Battletoads for Age of Sigmar, like earlier in the year with the Twitch chat, what we discussed was like, sometimes the units don't really make any sense because they don't have an identity. Whereas like if you produced a unit role that the, like, and they could be multiple unit roles, right? Like they don't have to be a singular piece, but like some units look like or sound like or are described like they should be a unit role. <laughs> then they just aren't like and i think the the melee foot character is like maybe the most obvious archetype that you could potentially get maybe games workshop don't want to be like we don't want to fit into archetypes we are way big brain than that and it's like that's pretty boring because you're not so like it would be i think it's gonna be fun to discuss especially compared to lord of the rings where i assume they have kind of quite a few different like hero archetypes but the one we're going to talk about is we're going to talk about the the melee character the duelist the on foot legend because i think it's fair to say that quite a lot of them don't necessarily feel like they are these kind of like you know the the swordsmen of repute 
if that makes sense. Uh, I don't know. Nathan, you got any thoughts on that? Yeah, yeah. Uh, Yes, you get uh, heroes that are like, they're more fighty than the regular foot troops, but they're not particularly threatening to to anybody really as a unit like in a fight you don't really mind if they get stuck in because yeah they might do a handful of wounds but they're not going to tip the the balance of that fight really which is which is in stark contrast to let's say the films of the Lord of the Rings where they'll be like a cave troll and sure there's like five of them that beat him up yeah or like you know like Aragon just chops through several bloody Urukai during the film yeah and he's pretty baller at it so like you know they there definitely isn't many like heroes basically which I think is fun I, I think well, I think it's that weird thing right like Nagash is a god. But there's that weird occasion where, like, he just gets killed by four iron blasters. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Like, and it's a weird narrative, right? Like, if if you went, I, and I guess Lord of the Rings has that weird thing where, even like, interestingly, which kind of blew my mind, and I don't know why, because it probably shouldn't have. But when we when I went into Throne of Schools, they gave me um, a score sheet, and it had the Lord of the Rings Middle Earth Strategy Battle Game logo, and then mm. at the bottom was like five rules around the copyright of that logo because it belongs to Warner Brothers because like no one can mess with it without their permission and I guess there's an interesting thing where if you make a game with like a a huge narrative that you don't have control of because obviously Games Workshop make the game but they don't control like Aragon as a character Mm. like there's that weird point isn't there where it's like oh he you shouldn't have a game where he just walks in and gets one shot by a cannon because he's more important than that. Yeah, it's interesting that in the flip, like maybe what we're saying is like the Lord Celestine that can die to like tender Marty thralls with a bow. Is he, is he an important hero? Maybe not, but in our heads, a hero, I would have thought shouldn't die to 10 arrows from some lads that don't have eyes yeah the survivability is like a really good kind of conversation especially when we like see which units like we hit or quit right so survivability i think is a huge issue number one follow-up probably is like even when they get there (laughs) they're not that there's there's underwhelming there's overwhelming there's whelming and they are they're below whatever underwhelming is i think in a lot of ways um so yeah maybe we should just start looking through them how's that sound yeah, let's mm-hmm. go. All right, so we're going to go through them. If I miss any, uh, then let me know. Uh, and if you are watching this on like YouTube, then do leave some comments on what your favorite characters are and whether you'd hit or quit them. Chat, your opportunity to say hit or quit. Uh, and then if you listen to the podcast, maybe just tell your friends. Be like, by the way, I'd hit that. And they'd be like, what the fuck? You- what? <laughs> what? Uh, <laughs> um, okay alright so uh, the first one we're going to talk about uh, so James is going to be uh, my Jamie for today uh, we're going to talk about Lord Commander Bastion Kavalos uh, Lord Commander Bastion Kavalos so we'll talk about the mini a little bit uh, he is definitely a big foot character he's got that superhero pose uh, he's got a giant hammer larger than even, I think, Galmaraz, which is actually a legendary hammer. So there he is. So just a big, bold dude. James, what's the, what's the story on this Lado? Uh, you're going to have to bear with me. Slightly longer, I'm afraid. No problem. No problem. Nathan, you've seen the Bastion model. What do you think? 
Yeah, it's a pretty sweet model. He's he looks pretty Boston. He he definitely he, looks like a Melly like dude, right? Like he's going into battle as a Melly foot character. That's the idea. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. He, he yeah he looks like oh he looks like he can uh, do the business. Yeah, yeah. Oh, Bastion. Okay, I am ready. But go on, James. So I'm just going to give you the brief bit, but it's Bastion. Do you know what I never realised till today? Tell me. Until I had to type it. It's Bastion Carthalos. Yes. Why? What did you think it was? <coughs> Cathalos. Oh, no, it's Carth. Carthalos. Okay. The oh, one thing Bastion I know. Carthalos. Is, yeah. He's the Lord Commander of the Hammers of Sigmar. Mm-hmm. Long has his noble, this noble served as Castellan and a Vizier. I mean, we'd never heard to, of him till about six months ago. But uh, <laughs> he's now must unleash the great power of the great bolt scourged god knows on the realms at large so he's basically like the top lad in the hammers of sigma right and he, he used to be the guardian of the town but now he's got to get out there and he's and he's a lot yeah speckles thanks for resubscribing uh i played against bastion this weekend and did 30 mortal wounds to my terror guys uh then he charged me uh so nice. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> he's gonna he's gonna do really well here so he's 300 points He's got eight wounds and a three-up armor save. Um, so he's definitely pointed like he's going to be a badass in combat. He has mm. four attacks that are uh, threes to hit, twos to wound, rend two, and damage four. So big damage. Uh, so he he definitely does. I would say that that feels like a good melee profile. Nathan, what do you think? Yeah, that's pretty decent. Like, expecting probably at least eight damage. Hopefully in twelve, like yeah. out of the sky, yeah, on average. Which is like a ten man unit, right? Like there's there's a lot of those. That's I, I guess kind of like our ability to deal with ten dudes stood on an objective, or I guess five liberators, etc. Standing on an objective is pretty much what you would want from a melee character. You would feel like a hero should be able to fairly walk through them, in my opinion. Um so that's and then he's got a couple of special rules, doesn't he, James? Yes. Uh, so he da, 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 da. Uh, so he glares at people, but I think it's shout. But I kind of like the idea when I was playing him that he just glared at people. Yeah, he's a bit the voice looking. of thunder. Yeah. So basically, once per turn in your hero phase, you just pick a model anywhere on the board. It doesn't matter if they can see it or not. Uh, you roll their wounds characteristic. There, sorry. And for every six you roll, uh, they take a mortal wound. So you want to pick like. Having played him, like you're picking the big boys. So good against a mega gargant because you get like 36 dice and every six is a mortal wound to them. I think I lowered at about seven mortal wounds on a mega gargant, but once peaked on 13 from one roll. Wow. Nice. Okay, that's pretty impressive. Yeah. Um, okay, he's got that. He also has the ability, like, and I think this is going to like touch on this. He's also got the ability, he's got a four-up ward save. So yep. three-up armor, four-up ward on eight wounds is already crazy because it's effectively foe 16 wounds on the model. Um, so, like, I have a general sort of feeling that the hero keyword should just get a five-up ward. Yep, pretty much as a universal special rule with special characters getting a, a four plus because you know, like your five wound character just on a four up armor save with no ward save is getting yeeted by many a many a spell for no real reason. Um, and then he also can heal himself, right? Which is nuts. Uh, yeah. So if he kills something in combat, uh, he just heals full at the end of the combat. Um, so he's a weird one because you kind of want him to punch big things. 
but if he's getting a bit battered, you almost want to like just tag the end of a of a block of skinks, kill one, heal full, worry about it later. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, he's he's pretty good, I think. Like a four at ward heals everything if he kills something. Like he can stand combat. I think my highlight was he once I once threw mine into uh six tempestas, which are the uh like fulminators with crossbows that fight. Yeah. Uh so I threw him into them, they left him on a wound, he decimated two in one round of combat, healed four, and then just ate his way through them for two more turns, I think. Yeah, he's 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 a proper badass, and he's, he's kind of one of the interesting things where we know Games Workshop are like we know how to write a melee character rule. Now, I'm not mm. saying that I want every single foot character to be 300 points, but I think as a as a as a litmus test, as a kickoff, I think I would rather have a character that fit into this kind of role as a melee character and was like, I mean, Sigvar's 205 points as an example. So it doesn't have to be as crazy as Bastion, but I think the very concept that we have characters that are like heroes at hundred points that just do nothing. is kind of like, what the fuck? Why do we have, them? but we'll talk about them when we get to them. So he's a badass. hit or quit. That's the real question. Nathan, we'll start with you. You're going to hit him or quit him. What are you doing? Oh, he's pre- yeah, he's pretty tasty. I'd, I'd, I'd have him. I'd have him on my team. Or Bastion. Uh, yeah, you'd have him on your team. All right, James, hit or quit? He's hitting a home run. Yeah, he's a he's a badass. Yeah, he's. I mean, he's up there for like maybe the duelist character of the Mortal Realms. Oh, before we get into this, the the person that's already written, Got Trek wins. Got Trek's banned. Got Trek is like. <laughs> Got Trek is fan service. Like, Got Do you Trek's know why just, he's banned? Why? Because he's actually not from the Mortal Realms. He's from the old world. Uh, he's he's from the old world. I mean, some of these there others are going to be from the old world. It's going to be a problem, James. But yes, uh, yeah, he's sick. Yeah, he he's like MCU fan service. Is not an, hey Jacob Berry in the chat. Love that guy. No, you've just started, Jacob. We've uh, the, there's today's show is just we're going to hit or quit, and then we're going to make ourselves a smaller smaller pool for the the kind of the whole thing. The list uh, so far, Jacob, is we've all hit Bastion Catholos. Yeah, we've hit him. Catholos. Oh, no. He, I've accidentally opened up a Volturnus. Sorry about that. Uh, okay, next up uh, is Dreitcher Hammerdreth. Oh. Now, Dreitcher isn't mounted, I don't think. I guess she's kind of uh, in this, uh, like... By the way, I've just... Like, is she a monster? Is she a monster? She's not a monster. Yes, she is. Is she? Yeah, keyword monster. <clears throat> Do you think she gets? Bin. Are we gonna? Are we gonna out her? Bin no, her? she's a monster. Okay. She's bin. All right. All right. Get Dreitcher out. I'm, I'm sorry about that. All right. Next yeah, up binner. is a Saurus Old Blood. Right. Okay. <laughs> yep. Right. So we got rid of Dreitcher. Right. Smash. Yeah. So. Uh, so this is a Saurus Old Blood. He's pictured yep. still on a square base. I think they actually yep. sell nice. him on a square base. I think it's nice, part nice, of his nice. model. Oh, yeah. and he's fine cast. Is he fine cast? Apparently. Chat said so. I'm going to okay. believe him. I don't think that he is. Uh, so, Saurus oh, Old Blood, wow. James, you ready? Yeah, yeah, it's, I'm good to go. Tell me about him. What's the story behind a Saurus Old Blood? Oh, at the start, it said that it's not good. Oh, no. <laughs> Veterans of centuries of fearsome bloodshed. Okay. Centuries. Not, not 10 years. Centuries. Okay, yeah. Saurus Oldbloods are the greatest commanders of the Seraphon. Yep. 
Each directs their cohorts with an instinctive, savage precision, enacting the designs of the slan with faultless loyalty. Okay, so... A... Firstly, yeah. faultless. Faultless? Bravery 8. And the greatest <laughs> commanders. <laughs> okay, so maybe he's a support character. Maybe we're being a little bit unfair, unfair okay. right? Um, yep. Seven wounds with a three-up save. Yep. Okay, so Pretty similar good. to Bastion. 120 points, though, so almost only a third of the cost. So you get three of these for Bastion. Basically three of these for Bastion, yeah. Uh, his combat profiles... Uh, oh, you can have a bunch of weapons. You can either have... Um, a Celestine Maul, Warblade, Warspear, or Great Blade. Nathan, which one do you want? <coughs> maul. A Maul. Okay, no problem. Okay, so the Maul gets you three attacks. Yeah. Hitting on a four. <laughs> Wait, Ooh. James, how long has this guy been practicing for? Uh, centuries. Centuries, okay. Centuries. And, and he's not just been practicing, he's a veteran of centuries. So, like, he could have been a veteran for centuries. Yes. By the way, that's him. Yeah, okay, yeah, so... Also, greatest on. commander. So, Bastion yeah, Catalos is the greatest commander for just the Hammers of Sigmar, and this guy is the greatest... are the greatest commanders of the Seraphon. Okay. Centuries alive. Centuries alive. Anyway, three attacks, hits on a four. Wounds on a three, rend one, damage D3. Um, so not the best, but he does have a bite attack, fearsome jaw. Uh, one attack, hits on a four, wounds on a three, no rend, damage one. Uh, but maybe there's some special abilities. Uh, if the unmodified hit roll for an attack made by the uh, a Celestine weapon is a six, it, it explodes. It's going to turn into two uh, wound rolls, but he hits on a four, don't forget. And it's only exposed on a six. And then Wrath of the Seraphon. You can use command ability in the combat phase. Pick a friendly Saurus unit holding within 18 inches of this model. Add one to the hit rolls. Uh, but obviously you get that now as a generic ability. So uh, profile-wise, uh, Nathan, how do you feel about his melee output? Boo. Hits on a four. Boo. <laughs> <laughs> um, can Three we just attacks. go back? Yeah. Each directs their cohorts. So yep. what would we say a cohort is? It's like a unit. A unit. Yeah. And so if we put an S on the end, what would it be? Cohorts. Many units. Yeah. Okay. If you do so, pick one friendly story. <laughs> he's not doing a good job of commanding many, is he? <laughs> no, he's not. Maybe it's maybe it's like maybe a single unit contains maybe they think cohorts like a pair of lads. They're like, oh, look at that. There's five cohorts in that unit. There's ten dudes. But, uh, yeah, that's wrong. He's also got oh. savage precision with his hits on a four. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he's savage precision that's fifty percent accurate. Yeah, yeah. All right. So, are we hitting or quitting uh, this boy? So, things he's lacking: a ward save, the heal mechanic. So, anything special? Anything special at all? Really? I think it's uh, well. It, even his commandability. <laughs> even his commandability. It's just a rule. It's just a rule now. Yeah. Yeah, he's pretty rough. Uh, what are you thinking, James? You quitting or hitting? He's quitting. Nath? Yeah, out with him. Okay, we'll quit it. All he's right. done his centuries of service. It's time he was a, uh, a retired veteran. <laughs> it's time he was retired. <laughs> All right, don't worry. We are now in absolute stonks town. An assassin. There is no way an assassin 
isn't a duelist of the highest order. <laughs> well, maybe not like a, a duelist in their ability to kind of like, you know, because I, I, I sometimes feel like they're a swashbuckler. They're like, they're a toe-to-toe melee specialist, right? I think that seems like yeah. a kind of fair description <laughs> of a duelist. So maybe an assassin isn't quite that. Um, you know, he stabs you in the back and runs away. But yeah, here is the assassin. Uh, but before James describes his narrative, this guy is 80 points, so no high hopes. James? Uh, there is no fortress, city, or fortified war camp yeah. that the feared Shadowblade assassins cannot infiltrate. Okay. And, f- and few foes, few, few, can hope to survive the potent dead poisons delivered by their wicked daggers. Okay, so few foes can hope to survive. Yeah. Okay, mm. interesting. Interesting. All right, so uh, he's got five wounds with a five-up armor save. That makes sense. This guy stabs you in the back. Glass cannon is what we're thinking as a duelist. And does one. Uh, yeah, and does one. So that's what we're hoping from him right. as a role, right? Because you feel like Quick maybe... Out job. Yeah. You almost feel like, like, I don't know what you two think, but you know if you were writing like an Age of Sigmar battle tome, yeah, you you would almost be like, there's a met that like you almost could get subclasses from this kind of overarching role, right? Like melee foot character. You could have duelist, which is more your frontline warrior, assassin, who is more of your glass cannon, and then maybe even you know kind of like tank. Yeah, tank who just survives. Paladin yeah. type, yeah. A paladin, that's a great example. So like there's probably a bunch of like subclasses, which is actually quite fun for the rules designers to write, I assume, if they were to like this is why I really like the idea of, of thinking it through this as a as a project together. Because I really do feel like that they don't do this. And I'm hoping it kind of like starts the ball and momentum rolling of like, you know, getting that idea out there that they could do it. Um, okay, uh, so his combat profile is six attacks, pretty decent. Yeah. Threes and threes, rend one, which is rough, and then damage one. So for a total of six damage. However, yeah. he's got he's got that poison that they discussed. So any mm. uh, any sixes to hit, and the flat in attack inflicts d three mortal wounds, and the attack sequence ends. So, pretty good. Uh, but it's uh, a wound roll. Oh, is it a to wound roll? Oh, yeah. Yikes. Uh, even worse. Okay. and that, But then he can also deploy inside of a unit, which I think is kind of interesting. By the way, chat, if you've got any ideas for what like, a melee kind of class would be in Age of Sigma, I'd love to know what it is, kind of foot characters. Um, and he can also deploy inside of a unit, right? So he can pop out, do some stabbing, and then... Well, there's no, run, there's no. Unfortunately, there is no go home rule. <laughs> <laughs> and he's getting six, six, moving six out of a unit. Yeah, this this really feels like like a CIA kind of like assassin that gets set up for the fall straight away. They're like, okay, you shoot the guy, and then we're going to be there to extract you. And he's like, promise you're going to be there. Like, yeah, we promise. Shoot the guy, and then we immediately get you out of there. Um, and he pops out, stabs someone, and he's like. Where's the extraction team? There's none. And instead, there's a searchlight just bang. <laughs> <laughs> and a siren goes off in his hat. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, uh, so, Nathan, what do you think about this guy? Uh, I mean, he's cheap, but... 
But like, is that what you you don't like? Aren't assassins? He's got quite a few attacks. I don't think he would kill another hero though. So no. Yeah, yeah. He, he, he doesn't even kill other heroes, which is like you're not asking him to kill the guy. That's, his, that's right. his job. His job is to kill heroes, right? Yeah, like or maybe because like you do, you're not hiring. You're not. You're not going to the shop, right? Whatever the assassin shop is, you're not yeah. going there, are you? Assassins and like, are us. Yeah. Who, who do you want killed? And you're like, just the first person you see. <laughs> <laughs> are you sure? It's it's ten grand. Yeah. Uh, yeah, anyone. I just wanted to kill someone today, but uh, I can't really be asked to do it myself. See, this is where the, right. the conversation about like value comes in for me. Because like number one, it's a cool model. Yeah, painting him up maybe not take super long unless you paint him really nicely. He's like, but he's a wicked model, right? But like someone in the chat, uh, who was it? Um, Big Tom? No, not Big Tom. Uh, some Norwegian dude was like, I'd rather pay double the points and have him be actually killy. Like, I wouldn't mind it being like two to 300 points and you have like, holy shit, this guy like pops out of a unit, he stabs something, then he like bops six inches away or something. Like, it's crazy. Like, you really want like an assassin sort of unit and this definitely isn't an assassin guy or am I wrong? All right. He won't kill a dude. I think the other thing is like, you've got 80 points, right? This guy's an assassin. That no one can, few foes can hope to survive. But realistically, he's not killing a unit of ten skinks. <laughs> yeah, no, he doesn't even have. Yeah, he doesn't even have that much output. Yeah, it's... I mean, he probably won't <laughs> even kill a skink priest. So, and that's what you want him to do. Oh, you really want him to kill a skink priest? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. Uh, <laughs> so, are we saying hit or quit? Which is a shame. So, because they have written Slink, Lou Dog in the chat has made a good point. They've written Slink, which is one of the Skaven units. He's more of an assassin. Like they're getting close to giving that scale. Um, but this is again one of those things where they rarely create options in a book. They're just like, just make him cheap, eighty points. Want an assassin for eighty points? You're like, no. I want a three hundred point assassin. That like, I want Jason Bourne. I do not want <laughs> like. Can I give a midway interesting comparison for something that happened at my weekend? Would love that. Please do. So interestingly. Uh, if you're playing middle of strategy battle game, you can obviously play the Nazgul, which are the ring wraiths, basically. Yeah. Uh, and you can take them, and they're a bit of a weird unit because they are made with magical power, and you can pay more to make them stronger. Yeah. So you can have like rubbishy ones and stronger ones. But one of the things you can put on them is a Morgul blade. So, like cool. the swords we see them using in the film. Mm. And it's not even expensive. I think it's about 10 points. Which is a fair amount in that game, but not huge amount. Uh, and basically, it's poisoned with the poison of Morgul or Morgoth or whatever it is. Uh, and if it inflicts a wound on anyone, uh, mm. and heroes have like a ward save mechanic, so they can save the wound that's caused. But if it causes a wound, whatever it causes a wound on, it's just dead. <laughs> yeah, wow. So you can so, kill um, anything. Yeah, so in the game. One, I think it was game one, first mm. day. Uh, someone drew against Smaug, the giant dragon, 750 oh, yeah. points, 20 wounds. It's, it's uh, got one wound in with a Morgul blade, gone, yeah. dead. 
poisoned. <laughs> Murdered him. <laughs> yeah. Um, but I think, like, if, if someone said, yeah, this lad, still a squishy, so still five wounds, five save, still hide him in a unit, one attack, let's say, just one. Yeah. Two's twos, minus two. If he causes a wound on something, it's dead. Just auto slain. Yeah. If it's and he can pick out models. Yeah, but, so it know, could be like, could, so. could be your could be your hero could be Bastin Cathalos still gets his ward save, but if he fails his ward save, takes a wound, dead. But you got to pay three hundred points. Do you think you'd be more tempted to take him than you are now? Yeah, because like because he's one of those units where like I talk about this a lot when you're doing list writing. Like, it's a unit that you sometimes would build something around. You might do, like, a bunch of, like, oh, actually, I've got, like, four MSU 10-man units, and you don't know which one, like, I've hidden the assassin inside of. So you get some little fun engagement there. Like, Mm. what he's currently doing is nothing, but, like, a more expensive war scroll that you could maybe build some lists around is really fun. Like, so, yeah, I'm more tempted to do that than I am to take him in his current form, which is just silly. Like yeah. I think mm. so. Yeah, I'm on the yeah. quit wagon. Is where I'm at. Mm-hmm. Nath. Yeah, yeah, quit. Because like, imagine if they create like uh, like a goblin assassin, right? Because he would be like he would be like fives to hit, fives to wound. Yeah, like and then you've got to roll like a five up and you auto slay something because he like does some like. But you would take that as a goblin because yeah, yeah, goblin yeah. people are crazy people. They yeah. would do that. Um, yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah, uh, we just reinvented the big mushroom. Yeah, exactly. Then place a mushroom on the board where that model mighty was. mushroom. Yeah, and you have to paint all those <laughs> mushrooms. <laughs> uh, um, uh, by the way, thanks to Jay Shesh for resubscribing. Uh, someone says, uh, "Want the assassin to be the guy if the enemy leaves a hole in their defenses, he runs in and nukes the other hero that dies." Uh, Jog PLC says, "Jason Bourne, not Johnny English." Which I think is fair. Okay, you're out, Assassin, I'm afraid. Uh-oh. We're back to Seraphon. The Saurus Old Blood. So oh, he no. this is a nice model, too. He is originally named Gorak. Gorak, the white, the white Saurian, or something like that. He is also fine cast, I need you to know. Um, uh, he's got like a scar across one of his faces as a model. Um, and, like, looks like his eye has been ripped off. Um, he's got this big like maul, uh, which is super good. Uh, the Sunblood looks awesome, in my personal opinion. Uh, it looks yep. looks very fun. Nathan, what do you think of the model? Yeah, I, I do like that model. From uh, it's been a, around a while, but it's sweet. It's old. Yeah, he's a, he's a big he's a big. Uh, fighty lizard man thing yeah so he's got a giant shield a maul and uh yeah and it looks like he's a melee based character james what does it say scarred and hulking champions of battle some bloods are a (laughs) (laughs) some some bloods are amongst the most deadly of all saurus oh boy they lead their reptilian kin to smash through the weakest portion of an enemy line, their heavy maces rising and falling with merciless efficiency. Dude. Okay, so mm-hmm. important point. So most deadly of all Saurus, Celestine War Mace. It's a one inch range. He's got six attacks, deadly. Yep. Hits on the three, wounds on the three. Pretty good. Yep. Rend one. 
Boo. Damage one. Boo. So, not quite the same as Bastion in many ways. Uh, as in melee unit. He has got seven wounds on a three-up armor save. He has yep. no ward save, but he does have exploding sixes on his Celestine mace. Hello, Rodrigo. Lovely. Uh, um, and then he's got some sort of other ability where he can add plus one to wound rolls for attacks for a unit. So yeah, sl someone has put in the chat, slightly let better than a Blight King. Yeah. Also, like, what I don't understand is... Like, just get rid of the narrative now, because none of it makes any sense. Like, what do you mean? Well, so so, I'm going to ignore all the part where they tell us how great he is, because obviously there has to be some. But this bit where it's like they they lead their reptilian kin to smash through the weakest portion of the enemy line. Oh, and then his command ability is add one to wound rolls. It's pretty like, rough. Give me a command ability that's like, if, if targeting a unit with a five-up save... All models with him gain plus one to hit and wound. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Something or just good. get rid of the text because it's yeah. not exciting. But then that means he becomes more <laughs> of a. Someone in the chat earlier on was like, put the different classes. That's more of like a war leader role, right? So that's mm -hmm. more of a like. A, he's, but he's like got a, a big old shield and a three up save. Yeah, no ward save. Get yeeted out the game. Uh, okay, Nathan, what about you, baby? Nah, yeah, just. Uh, damage one with his massive club threes and no, rend one as well. So yeah, rubbish. Yeah, this guy. By the way, I'd like... his command ability is interesting, but it's not like have it pluses to wound is always cool, but it's not an aura, so they can only have one command ability. Uh, it's very yeah. So no. I agree. Yeah. I agree. Let's quit yeah. this guy. Let's quit this guy. Yeah. Same wounds as an ogre hero, but two times the save. Kind of okay. He's not okay. Like, because he's like, what does he do? That's the kind of bit. Like, he hangs he, out. Yeah, he hangs out. Like, he lives, but like, and he costs 125 points. So, um, I'm going to go for rubbish. I'm quitting him. Chat, everyone. James, Nathan, happy to quit? Yeah, Ben. Bin this guy off. Yes! Now we're into it. The meat and potatoes of Warhammer. A Doom Seeker. A Doom Seeker. Okay, so he's a Fire Slayer character. He's got an he's well, he's got two axes, really. He's got an axe and I think it's I don't even know what the second bit weapon he has is. It's just like a pike spike thing, isn't it? A it's kind of like a sickle thing. almost. It's like a very <laughs> long hafted knife. <laughs> it's a pick it's a mining pick is it? yeah it's a pickaxe the hooks for climbing and the picks for picking <laughs> I right. bet you it's called a war pick but it's not because it's not on it it's a runic war iron mm. there you go a war iron yes yeah, a war iron okay. what the hell is a war iron now That's... I need to know that Chat, like... tell me it's like when you flatten your clothes, but for war. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Useless in many ways. All right, so James, tell us about this Doom Seeker, because this guy feels like he's like on it. It is said of the Doom Seeker that their axe scorches in the air with every swing, Oof. that they spit glowing cinders with every war cry, okay. and that the wrath of the forge burns in their glare. This is no dishonorable mercenary but a religious crusader uh -oh, whose word is their bond. 85 Ooh. points. 
<laughs> like, <laughs> like, you need only ever put the text next to the points to know where we're at. Uh, five wounds with a four-up save moves four inches. Okay, so what was the uh, the Doomseeker's axe described as splitting? Uh, the uh, the axe scorches the air with every Setting swing. Setting the air on fire. Yeah, yeah. three attacks. Nice. Two. Threes I mean, and threes. it's hot though, right? It's giving off some heat. It's it's sweating. Awesome. Yeah, yeah. Threes and threes. Yep. Rend one, damage one. Boo. Boo. <laughs> well, <laughs> it makes it really better. The runic war iron, which we weren't sure Boo. about. <laughs> I like Nathan's role in this show today. Just like booing stuff. Like, to give emotional context for the audience. Yeah. Runic war iron, three attacks again. Threes and threes. No rend. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, damage one. He should have brought a normal iron. It would have been better instead of the war iron. <laughs> it would have been better. I agree. Oh, uh, no, his rules are worse. Go on, James. Tell me. Th- talk me through the rules. So he's oath bound because he's a because he's a crazy religious zealot. We've just found out. Mm-hmm. I mean, so that's already problematic. All round. Correct. Yes. Correct. Yes. So at the start of the first battle round, he picked one enemy unit. So he can then swear to destroy it. And at the end of the combat phase, if the Doomseeker... Is that? The yep. des- yeah, uh, it's, it's within if, three of the that unit. Yeah. And has fought no more than once. It can fight again, but only target the unit it said it's going to destroy. Yeah. In addition, in the combat phase, if this unit is destroyed within three of the unit, it is sworn to kill. And not fought more than once. It can fight before it dies. So it's got a fight he's twice. Rubbish at fighting. It's <laughs> <laughs> rubbish at fighting. Wait, hold on. He's got runic power though. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So he adds one to the damage char- characteristic yeah. of his we- of both of his weapons. If this unit has one wound allocated to it, two to the damage of this unit's melee weapons, if it has had two or more wounds allocated to it or if the oath bound ability has allowed it to fight before being removed okay so he can be damaged three on both those weapons pretty good now you know yeah there we go so like go on but he's got to be almost dead he's got to take two wounds he's got five (laughs) wounds with a four up armor save so like he's less like like which isn't super difficult to like to get through ultimately but yeah he could be damage three on all of his weapon profiles for a total of three attacks damage three and another three attacks damage three but 18 damage 18 damage so you but you do have to play pretty loosey-goosey with his it's at least an engaging mechanic right where it's the best one we've seen since bastion catalos (laughs) i agree i think it's kind of fun uh, yeah, no pluses to the rend though. I agree. He he really doesn't like split the air of fire. <laughs> it's no. fair to say. Well, that minus one. I think he's kind of fun. Do you know what the problem is? He's yeah. splitting the air behind the axe. He needed ah. to split the air in front. Yeah, that's true. He, I mean, splitting the air was all well and good, but how about splitting the head of the <laughs> bloke in front of you? <laughs> if he's if he's not in armor or not in very good armor, he might. Yeah. If he's got an air armor on, then this guy's in with a chance. If there's more than air as armor, he's fucked. He's super right. fucked. Sod this guy. So you're going to quit him. I, I'm going to hit him 
But okay. you guys, it's a three-way vote. So I'm going to hit this guy because he at least has some sort of mechanic where he's in a fight and he gets extra damage, kind of. 85 points, I'm going to hit him. You're going to hit him too? Nice. Yeah, I think if we gave him an artifact that gave him a two-up save and a four-up ward save, when that artifact comes, <laughs> then, <laughs> then he might get to someone to kill on. So I'm in. I think the trick is you just take loads of them. Oh, no, that, that's even more of a waste of points. But he's staying. He's staying for now. I'm hitting him. Okay, he's got a sassy oh, leg. Man. All right, Nathan, what about you? You're, you hit or quit? Crap. No, no, sod that guy. Sod. Okay. <laughs> if he hey, has look, damage guys, three, he's in the final now. Then that's fine. But anyway. Just chat. Just FYI chat. The, the two people that have hit it... Uh, and me and James, the person that quit is the guy who very regularly tries to run little goblin heroes around to murder stuff, yeah, and also has played several different dwarf characters where he's tried to murder stuff. I feel like Nathan's more on it than me and James are. He's a, we're a bit more hopeful, uh, but I just like to be conscious of that. Okay, so he's staying. So he's getting. A, he's in Good. there. Um, we've got another another d dwarf. Time to get in, right? Uh, so the Arcanaut Admiral. Okay, so we're going to the Caradron Overlords. Now, I want to be really clear about what I'm looking at here. This guy is encased, head to toe, beard included, inside armor, has a breathing mm. backpack, is armed with a gun, and he's just cased in armor, head to toe, and has a giant hammer with what looks like to be a drill on one end and it looks like it might also be a mechanized hammer like a chainsaw hammer maybe yeah it's powered yeah. from his belt right yes yeah, yeah it's powered there's and a cable yeah, yeah. and it's got a little um like a tank track bike chain in the middle yeah it's yeah, a it's power hammer and tracks and everything yeah yeah uh, it's actually a scuff hammer or okay, apologies right okay so i just want to this is for the podcast guys so they can kind of uh, they can get what's going on. You're painting them a picture with words. Exactly. Thanks, Nath. Yeah, okay. James, tell, take us through it. Okay. Arcanaut Admirals are the cream of the Skyport's <laughs> officer class. Perfect. Intrepid yes. leaders and battle-hardened veterans of a, of a thousand aerial engagements. So they've been in a thousand battles at least. Not okay. as mm -hmm. much as that Saurus lad, but some. <laughs> whose booming commands inspire their crew to the mighty deeds in search of profit. Yeah. So he's already a capitalist, Rob. Yeah. That's fine. Go on. <laughs> What's up, James? Uh, oh, that's, that's it. it. That's all of it. Uh, that's okay. all that's, that's all we needed to know. All right. Well, so listen, he's got six wounds on a three-up armor save. Okay. So the armor nice. like that we see is represented in the model. Not bad. Uh, he doesn't have mm. a ward save, I'm afraid. So... Uh, movement four. Um, uh, so, like, his ability to get across the board. Uh, I reckon ten uh, Bliss Barb Arches are going to absolutely wreck this guy from across the board, but not a problem. Uh, he's 125 points. And then he's got a volley pistol, which he's obviously armed with a gun, which is three attacks, threes and fours, rend one, damage two. So... Like, okay. And then his scalp hammer, the hammer we talked about, his big power hammer, is, to be fair, three attacks, hitting on a three, wounding on a two, ren two, damage three. Nice. So, like, pretty, pretty, a pretty large amount of attacks. I don't know what I would prefer on that melee profile. Would I want 
four attacks that are damage three, or would I? I think I want damage four because I think he's close to what I would kind of want from like a Dwardin hero in some ways. Mm. Um, I don't know. Damage, damage three is as much damage as Galmaraz. Yeah, but I think Galmaraz is like. <laughs> but like, other than that, hilarious that it's Galmaraz. It's like damage three. Get out. Yeah, because Bastion's hammer is damage four. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We haven't talked about that, but yeah, like in comparison, we'll come back to it. Yeah, it's pretty ridiculous. Um, this, um, huh. Yeah. Uh, what, I don't know what Archeon's sword is. Archeon's sword might be damage three. So Yeah, but he's just some wussy pussy on a big horse. He can sod off that guy. <laughs> It's a famous sword, though, Nath, is, my, is the point I'm trying to make. Yeah, famously rubbish, like its owner. <laughs> All right, so if you, his special <laughs> rules are, you add one to hit rolls to attack made by this unit if you target a hero or a monster. Yeah? You've yep. got to protect yeah. the Admiral. Before you allocate a wound or a mortal wound to this unit, you can allocate it to a different Skyfairy unit, so he can be bodyguarded as a character, which is kind of yeah. cool. So yeah. it's sort of like a, um, a three-up board save, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, but it, you're killing people for it. Yeah, I don't hate that though. Like, I, like, I mean, I don't mind. No, it's not the, terrible. He's just—he's a capitalist, and he's throwing the lesser beings in the way to keep alive. That's. I almost, I like, you know how I said that there should be like a, a five-up, like ward save, just like on the hero keyword. Like, yeah. mm. I often think, and obviously, I don't mean on gargants. Before we get into this conversation obviously. But like, I almost feel like you could put the bodyguard rule instead for just every character. Just be like, insert mm. keyword. Like, that's not a bad way of just like making it so you can keep characters more alive. It's kind of interesting. Yep. Um, People jumping in the way. Exactly, right? Exactly. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's got the Master of Skies, which is commandability, uh, which doesn't really help him as a duelist character. Mm-hmm. And he is an admiral. And then he's got a bunch of aether-powered munitions, so he can choose like a, a profile. So I'm not necessarily certain he's meant to be like a frontline melee character. He's an admiral, which don't generally tend to be front and center, but weirdly is one of our better melee units. As a it's melee a weird character. one though, right? Like, because in theory, because I'm the narrative guy today. Yeah, yeah. Like he's been in a thousand aerial engagements. So let's imagine he wasn't an admiral to begin with. Yeah. So maybe he's just got good at hitting people, but now he's too important to just hit people. But when people get to him, he still knows how to hit them. Yeah, that's a good point. That's a good point. Like, that quite... makes sense, I think. Yeah, I think that does make sense as well. Gear. And also, <laughs> like, those Caradron ships are more, like, they're less armies on the table. To, like, well, they're, sorry, they're less, like, you know, like, Greenfield's kind of armies lined up against each other. And instead, there's an aerial engagement, and then, like, it's all hands aboard deck, and this guy jumps off the, the yard arm and starts smashing skulls. So I quite like that idea, yeah. Um, uh, Nathan... Uh, you got any thoughts on this guy? Yeah, he's pretty cool. I didn't real. I've I've not seen these rules about the aether-powered munitions before. Yeah, they're quite fun, aren't they? They're, really cool. So, yeah, giving them uh, a load of little va- um, variations on w- what they can do in the shooting phase. Oh, that's pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. He's uh, he's fairly. Fairly fighty. He's not like gonna smash his way through units, but he can put some hurt on like another similar hero. Um, yeah, and he's got some interesting little things that he can do. So yeah, I quite like him. 
I quite like the bodyguard rule as like a generic yeah, the body rule. rule. Yeah, yeah, I think I, I think I switch up from the ward save to the bodyguard rule in this convo. I think specifically because someone in the chat, uh, Malk, said bodyguards are more fun as well. The damage hits, you can choose where it lands, but you still have to take it. That's quite cool, right? So mm. like you don't just palm the wounds off and instead you're like, yeah, this goes on those characters. I quite like that. Yeah. That's pretty fun. Uh, I would pay a crisp $1,000 bill, apparently, says Wiggles, for a fourth attack on that profile. Yeah, I wouldn't, uh, I, uh, I wouldn't hate him having plus one attack, right? No, that would be cool, yeah. to be fair. Uh, so are you hitting, quitting? I'm going to hit. James? Yeah. Yeah, I'm in. Right. He's a good lad. I, like, I think he does what he's supposed to, right? Yeah. Nathan? Yeah, I'll take him. I like him. Smash. Yeah. Yeah, for them points. Yeah, he's cool. I still think he deserves an extra wound. Uh, sorry, an extra uh, attack. Profile. An extra attack. Yeah, either extra one attack or extra point of damage on his hammer. I agree. I agree yeah. with that massively. Uh, okay. Uh, next up is the Sonari Law Seeker. Oh my goodness gracious me. So the Sonari Law Seeker. Uh, so Law Seeker is <laughs> kind of an interesting one because. You almost feel like he's like his story isn't necessarily that he's a duelist character in some ways. Not like the light of Altharian will be definitely fulfilled, but he definitely is. They've created quite a unique foot character in the in the Law Seeker. I quite mm. like the Law Seeker, James. Oh, and as a Scenario model, sorry, sorry for the LRL for people. He is he just looks like an elf with a sword and a stick. No yeah. difference. Uh, and he's got a little yeah, he's got a little stick with a moon on it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. You know. Got a big hat. They all have rubbish um, Scenari? Scenari law seekers are Eclipsians, souls with the potential to achieve true harmony between their Teclian and Tyrionic aspects. These war sages find great power in this, and they scour the realms for esoteric knowledge. Esoteric. Esoteric knowledge and artifacts that only the Lumineth can be entrusted with. Okay, so they're not really bigging him up as being a big fighty <laughs> guy, right? Yeah. yeah. So that's that's pretty positive. Like they're not saying like, look, this guy's going to take on the world, um, and he does something a little bit more unique. But he does have six wounds with a four-up armor save. Uh, his staff, which he shoots at people, is two attacks, threes and threes, run two damage, d three. Uh, mm -hmm. But his blade. Is four attacks, hits on a two. Nice. So that Saurus, who's been fighting for centuries, terrible. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> having a bad day. Uh, he was precise, too. Oh, yeah, precise Saurus. Precise yeah. lad. <laughs> he wounds on a three, and it's rend one, damage D3. So way more damage than an assassin with his Lawseeker blade, way more damage than uh, like uh, an old blood with that giant maul. Uh, damage D3 here. Um, this is a better attack profile than the Doomseeker. Like, yeah, but Doomseeker does have the ability to get up on damage, but yes. Um, then he's got a couple he's of... half the points as well, the Doomseeker. Yes, this guy's 160 points. I should have mentioned that. Thanks, James. Um, uh, yeah, okay. So uh, he's got a couple of special rules. He's got... Oh, he's a wizard as well. He is a wizard. Yeah, <laughs> he's got a lot of value in there, right? He's got the ability, lone agent, to be set up on the board and basically control an objective when your opponent can't control an objective unless you kill the law seeker. So he's kind of got like a permanent objective secured unless you kill him, 
which is kind of quite a powerful mechanic, and he can effectively just deploy anywhere on the board, which is really a powerful. And then also, once per battle in your hero phase, this unit can attempt to cast its first spell in the phase. It's automatically cast with a roll of a nine, so you don't even need to um, to roll like a dice. To, so he's got an auto cast on a nine. Um, so he's got a lot of value in that 160 points outside of being a melee unit, but is like kind of an interesting melee unit. Uh, what do you think, Nath? Is it him as a unit? Yeah, he's um, he's not like over the top when it comes to fighting uh, and defense, but he's he's all right. But it's he's got um, <clears throat> like in the general game, he's certainly got some superb. Uh, usage with his lone agent uh, and the fact that he's a decent wizard yeah yeah he's interesting what do you think James yeah I think like he's got some play to him right he's got some play he's kind of fighty but really you want those four attacks to be damaged too you do want those four attacks to be damaged too what's interesting then, go on then he'd be good like then I think I'd be like oh not only does he do a lot but he also fights because, like, two for uh, eight damage, not bad, not bad. Eight little damage, little lad. Yeah, you feel, you feel like you stick him on an objective. Like ten dudes run over, try and bop him. Yeah. Like, what's yeah. his his armor save? He's got four up armor save, unfortunately. So it's like a six up, four up. So six wounds on a four up armor save. He probably gets bopped by something quite quickly. But if he bops first, he can maybe like kill enough that he lives, or kill enough that he doesn't have to worry about it. When it's D3 and you get them all through and then you roll four ones, not so good. Yeah, I agree. Like, I agree. Um, yeah, it's, so yeah, so are you going to hit him or quit him? He feels like more of like a hero than maybe some of the other War Scrolls we've read because he kind of feels like he's just got, he's a wizard, he's a melee character, he holds this objective, he does this all kind of cool stuff. Mm. He feels like a, a mishmash of units. Um, yeah, he hasn't got his own spell, as he say. He has to no. take one from the law. Yes. Um, and so they've changed that thing so he doesn't say it now only counts as 10 models when he's on an objective instead of being like he can't contest it. So that's quite, that's not nicer to play against than he used to be, yeah, I think. But yeah, he's pretty cool. Yeah, he counts as 10 models now, right? Mm. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, so are you hitting him or quitting him as our kind of like duelist character? He's sort of borderline. I think I'll go with hit him just. Okay. James? Yeah, I think he's a hit for me. I think he's a lot better than some of the other people we've seen. So he can stay for now. But you don't necessarily feel he fits into like the duelist role. I think he, if he was damaged too, I'd be super in. I think he's like, they get made him really good at hitting people, pretty good at wounding people but really undecided on how well he hits people when mm. he gets through. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Like consistency I mean, is important, I think. And he yeah, has none. He'd be in, like, if you're just, if, so if you're playing the game where he's just going to go and fight against the other heroes that we choose, he's got the, because he's a wizard, he's got that little, that little edge and that, so he can give himself a mystic shield or he can give himself an arcane bolt. Yep. depending on who he's fighting against. So he has got that little bit of extra flexibility if it was like a one-on-one, let's let's have a fight sort of dude. Um, so yeah, I think, I think, but it is borderline because he's not, I, 
Yeah, well, I guess with his staff, so basically it's like 6d3 attacks, 6d3 damage attacks, which is not bad. So yeah, I, I think he's he's a hit for me. Oh, perfect. All right, good. I, I'm going to go for... I'm gonna go for hit. I, you've you've really sold it to me, like kind of like cinema wise. I love the idea of him holding an arcane bolt, running in, launching that, then doing some chopping. That's pretty cool, actually. So yeah, I think he's a hit for me too. I think that's quite fun. But he's definitely not on like maybe the aggro end of the of the duelist. But he can hold his own. He's gonna hold a yeah. little objective and then fight ten dudes. It's kind of what yeah. I feel like I want from like my melee from like at least like the very bottom end of my melee character up to Bastion where he's like fighting dragons and stuff. Mm. Oh, you're going to love this, James. We're back to the Fire Slayers. A Grimrath Berserker is a small but very bearded bro with a massive two-handed axe with a flame cage inside of it. And uh, this guy is covered in runes but naked as the day is long. Uh, an awesome model, in my opinion, the Grimrath Berserker. I think he's very fun. He, to me, is kind of that definition of like a unit that should be a wild melee character. Naked, giant axe, big hair. What's the 42 attacks. Yeah, 40, yeah, like just like a whirling <laughs> dervish, like make an attack for every model within three inches. Yeah, but it hits he just, his mates. Yeah, it hits his mates. He's just spinning. He's just a he's just a lunatic, right? Yeah. Uh, what does it What does it say? Uh, right. Uh, the power of Grimnir burns strongest in the heart of Grimrath berserkers, covered in glowing runes of Urgold. They are avatars of destruction and endurance. Okay. hurling themselves through through battle in a living storm of blood and f- and flame four up so <laughs> 105 points uh, he's got six wounds of the four up save and as james said uh, f- uh four yeah six wounds four up save um he has now his great axe his firestorm great axe is four attacks threes and threes rend two damage two uh, in Battle Fury, at the end of the combat phase, if the unit is within three inches of an enemy unit and has fought no more than once in that phase, roll a dice on a two plus, you can fight again. So he's got fight twice, basically, on a two plus. Uh, and then um, he's got dead but not defeated. In the combat phase, if the unit is destroyed and has not fought more, no more than once in that phase, then you can fight for a second time before it's removed. So he probably, on most situations, is going to fight twice, which takes his profile up to basically eight attacks, threes and threes, Ren two damage too, and it doesn't really matter if he dies, because he still gets to fight again. Yeah, but then he's dead as well. I guess so. I guess so. It's like I guess it's mutually assured destruction of eight damage. <laughs> he's kind of the <laughs> worst version of the other lab we already did. You think he's worse than the yeah. Doom Seeker? Why? Because the. So the Doomseeker had that kind of crazy rule like that was fun, where like he gets a bit beat up, he gets angry, he does more damage, but like he's specifically after one person. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like I think he had more interest to him. Whereas this guy's like 20 more points. Kind of the same. Yeah. He's got loads better rend, but other than that. Yeah. I don't but, think there's enough damage the there to scare somebody. Well, so uh, as it's been pointed out in the chat, there is an artifact you can take um, so that he can go up to doubling his attacks. So for one turn, he can have like eight attacks, fight twice, 
16 attacks, which is quite scary, but that does require but, you to take an artifact to do it, right? Yeah, and we're not looking at artifacts. No, right? no, no, we're not. <clears throat> so, like, I don't think he's bad. I just think, like, is he better than the other lad? I would and just, I'm not sure. Yeah. The Battle Fury thing is cool, but I'd just be better if he didn't have that rule and he had eight attacks. Fuck it. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, just have eight attacks. Just, just, just be a big, a big monster that does eight attacks, right? Um, yeah. Uh, now, yeah, he's also uh, the Grimwrath Berserker is also one of the like it's quite an interesting model actually because a lot of the allegiance ability, or not a lot, a section of the allegiance abilities for Fire Slayers are actually based around this one model. Uh, so around the vows, so you can actually build a bunch of different Grimrath Berserkers that are trying to do different vows. So there's some cool mechanics around that built into the allegiance abilities, but not on his war scroll. So like uh, we're not going to talk about it now. But he almost feels like the Grimrath Berserker is almost set up to be this kind of like super character in the game because of all these additional bonuses, um, which I quite like. Like, you know, we, we sometimes have to read through like 13 command traits that are rubbish. And I know some people like a more stripped down book. I'm not saying I want loads, but I don't hate the idea that of there being some like special rules almost are tied to like a hero. Like you get big names on a tyrant where you like at the beginning of the game, you oh. go, oh, like... Yeah, I'm taking a an, a captain of the empire, but actually he's more of a gunsmith, so he gives like plus one to hit to shooting units around him, or like well, like, like the admiral that could take the special ammunition, and then this, yeah. if I use if I take these grenades at the start of the game, I can choose to take these grenades which take off your ward save, or I can use these grenades which give everybody extra rend, you know, and yeah, uh, that little bit of flexibility that's cool. Yeah, it, be not, yeah, it and it doesn't be, seem, yeah. it doesn't feel like it's a lot to add into the game in a lot of ways. You're you're mm. effectively giving them like a subclass as mm. a, like a unit, aren't you? In some ways, you're just yeah. like you're, like it's kind of interesting. I know James has recently been playing the new Dart Eye game. Me and him have both been playing the new Dart Eye game. I think it's terrible. I think the actual game itself is like great, but like like Nathan, just for you, you can't customize your character in almost any way. You basically just start the game. You have your dude. And then yeah. you've got, like, there's an ability that's on, like, an F on the keyboard that does a thing. And then you can play for, like, 60 hours and you'll never change that ability. Like, and you have, like, a melee attack. And then that never changes unless you change your weapon that's basically just hit. Like, is how I feel <laughs> about it. James, feel free to, to push back on that as a review. Uh, I, uh, like... I, I think I think it's one of the I always feel like we sometimes say, like, Warhammer's a game that you play with another person and sometimes that makes it better. Yeah. I think Dark Tide's one of those games where, where you've got three other mates with you running around shouting at each other. It's kind of funny. Yes, but just talking about like the customization and like, uh, talking yeah, about it's, heroes is yeah. minimal. Uh, but I also think like there's that weird thing where where you're playing with a bunch of mates, you end up with a weird bit of narrative in your own head. So the game might not like, give you those options, uh, but sometimes you can make your own. And I'm not saying that's a good thing, um, but like, yeah, I think the option to have like. Like when you start the game, it gives you an option of like backstory and voice and whatever, but the effects it has is minimal. That's fair. That's and it fair. would have been nice to see them maybe like kick that into a bigger gear. Give me some choices along the way. That's kind of what I mean by these characters, right? Like, yeah, give if, me... if they had those oath things, but put it on the war scroll and just take that battle fury thing off, give them eight attacks or six attacks, whatever. 
Yeah, the dude's four it moves four inches. Make him just like an absolute like if you go near him, you like you die, right? Like that feels fair. <laughs> He's a grim wrath berserker, yeah. Exactly. Um uh Rob's looking for RPG levels of character customization. I'm not really. I don't think like also you sell us a giant fucking book. I don't think it's that challenging to be like, here's a couple like well, maybe I am. But maybe I'm just looking for something that's like a little bit more, like even if it's, so command traits are a good example, right? Like you go, right, plus one to, plus one to your save. So then you immediately be like, well, I'm going to stick that on my tree Lord Ancient or on my Durthu. Because you already start on a three up armor save. I'm not going to give it to my like, um, my six up armor save guy. But like, if you had a bunch of like, I don't know, Stormcast characters, probably a bad example. But like you had like some hero, and you're like you could give him any one of these customizations. There's probably an op- uh, like a, a a better optimization, but it gives you the opportunity to give some fun to us as players. I think mm-hmm. what I'm trying to point out a lot of the way here is like there isn't actually much work done on a lot of these books or even rules. Uh, but anyway, uh, okay, uh, Gardas Steel Soul, James Gardas, the big guy, yeah. Uh, uh, like Goddess, yeah, Goddess is great. Uh, he is a superhero landing stormcast guy with a skirt, maybe lifted up. Oh uh, uh, no, it's his cape. Uh this is oh, it's his cape. Sorry, okay, shoots yeah. ha- hammer shooting cape. Yeah. Um, uh, people in the chat saying Warhammer is always a balance between war game and RPG, right? Um, uh, sorry, Nap God. Yeah, like Dark Tide doesn't feel like it has any customization at all. It's just like. You have you can literally change five things in Dark Side. That's it. Like as you level your character up, I do not know what the point of playing that game is, other than running around and being like, oh, "I'm a big guy. I've got a shield." Like I think it's a cool setting though, uh, James. You like it, right? Yeah, I, I think it looks great. Like I think I part of me just likes running around looking at it all. Yeah, me too. It's shooting looks- some people on the way. Yeah, yeah, it looks great. looks really good. Cinematic experience. It exactly. is. It is. <laughs> <laughs> All right, what about Gardas? Uh, Gardas Steel Soul is the most revered Lord Celestine. So he's the best Lord Celestine. Oh, of the Hallowed Knights. So only of one faction. And a veritable beacon of hope. In battle, he focuses his faith as a weapon to safeguard the innocent and smite Sigmar's enemies. Oh boy. Oh boy. Okay. Mm. Uh, so Gardas as a unit. Gardas as a unit. I've just realized this might take us ages, so I'm, I might speed us up a tad. Um, uh, six wounds with a three-up armor save. Three-up. Okay. Uh, now his weapon profile is five attacks in combat. Threes and threes, rend one, damage two. He also has a Sigmarite war cloak, whatever the fuck that is, which fires hammers away from it, which is D6 attacks, threes and threes, rend one, damage one. He's got a five-up ward save and gives a five-up ward save to units within 12 inches from the hammers of Sigmar, which is pretty nuts. Um, on a two-up, if he's murdered, he gets to fight back. Uh, and then once per battle at the start of your charge phase, you can take a, a saintly assault. If you do so until the end of that turn, you can reroll charge rolls for friendly hallowed knights within 12 inches and add one to the attack characteristic of melee weapons used by those units. Oh, sorry, used by heroes yeah. in range. And all of that for 150 points. So he's like half of a bastion. He's half yeah, of a bastion. He's, he's like a weird hero too, right? Because he's like a tank hero. Like all support, 
He brings a lot more support because he can't really fight that well. He's he fights okay. Five attacks, yeah, damage rim, two. Rim one, I think, is his biggest issue. Mm. That's true. That's true. Um, yeah, that's true. Ren 1. What Would you like to see him just have Ren 2 just because he's a hero? And you feel like that they're probably quite special weapons. Like the blade, just looking at the model for everyone at home, is covered and etched in runes. Yep. Like you would expect that to like probably chop through some stuff via magic, right? I think, yeah, like it's that weird thing too, right? Like it, technically, if we're, a, if we're Stormcast bros, like if we are, right, our weapons aren't just like made in a town are they they're made in what is technically heaven so like forged in the fires of heaven and i've got the same rend as the liberators <laughs> yes the most revered lord celestine of the entire hallowed knights yeah so important they've had books written about him is a liberator's hammer and a liberator's sword good luck to you son <laughs> don't try and hit the gash <laughs> I agree with you James like you almost feel like it's like a named relic weapon is what yeah. you're looking at and it's pretty woeful really I honestly like, want go on not even a name relic right you're just like are you are you in charge now yeah I'm not just in charge of like a few lads I'm in charge of like most lads okay <clears throat> well, I'm not just there's your uh, standard sword, standard hammer. Good luck, be with you, mate. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Good luck, kid. Good luck, kid. <laughs> Can I have Galmraz? No, I'd rather have Bastion's hammer as it's better. <laughs> yeah. Right, if that's available, get me that. Wherever the Bastion hammer shop is, I'd like to go there. Where they made those, yeah. I mean, the guy is a support piece, ultimately. Like, he's packed with value. He gives a five-up war to everyone around him, which is pretty amazing for 150 points. Like, this guy's like... 30 points more than the Sunblood, if you remember. Yeah. 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 I think. Game over. Like, it's a game over. Because I'm not sure this guy's great, like, as a fighter hero. Yeah. But he's so much better than a veteran of a thousand years. (laughs) Battles. Yeah. He also, just like, as as an aside, he obviously features a lot in tournament and competitive lists because that five at Ward bubble is like such a a value scale. Like, it it gives so much, like, scalable value to an army. Like, you take eight dragons and you're like, okay. They also now have a five-up ward save. You're yeah. like, it's pretty good. <laughs> like, I, they they weren't pointed as having a five-up ward save. So he brings a lot of value to him. He's an obvious hit as a unit, um, but mainly because of the value he brings versus his actual melee yeah. attacks. Yeah. Yeah. But, yeah. 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 The yeah. melee attacks, all right, but he is quite tanky. He's more of the paladin role, isn't he? He is. Yeah, you're if, right, Nathan. Uh, He's more of a paladin, <clears throat> right? Yeah, in that role. And yeah, he does do the the helping out the rest of the army. I, yeah. I quite like him as, as a dude that he is. For me, it would be a hit. Me a hit too, James? Yeah, let's hit him. Let's hit yeah. him and never quit him. All right, okay. Now we're on to the bad boy. Yeah, this absolute... This is like prime, maybe top of the top category level... The light of Altharian. By the oh, way, when I was going through the I store, expected. I was going through the store earlier. Yeah, so much Age of Sigmar stuff is sold out. Like, like Gorgrunters are sold out. Like, tons oh, is missing. I went to a Middle Earth strategy battle tournament on the whole weekend. Yeah, at the home of Warhammer. 
Warhammer the World. place it's made. Yeah. Could you buy models? No. So I went and looked for fancy models, none of them in stock. We were debating it at a table, and some lab went, oh, you think that's bad? I was looking for three boxes of goblins and two boxes of dwarves, just warriors, just the average plastic lads. Yeah. None. Really? Oh, wow. Nothing. Not a model. Wow. Yeah, so much is missing off the store at the minute. It's it's nuts. Yeah. yeah. Okay, so the Light of Altharian. So he's an LRL model, if no one knows. He's a like a hollow suit of armor. Um, it's a nice model. It's a really cool model, absolutely. Um, a hollow suit of armor, and he's got two swords. And he's definitely like contender for like melee specialist in yeah. the game, I think. Yeah, go on. Go on, James. After uh, a legendary ancestor of the Lumineth race. The Light of Altharian is a something warrior. Pussy Santor. Pussy Warrior, who has become one of one with the energies of Hish. Yep. To face him is to face the power of light itself made manifest. I mean, that's a claim, right? Yeah, and dude. few have survived an encounter with his grim enchanted blades. This dude. is kind of like my vibe. Like, I feel like, why aren't <laughs> there more? Like, you, you almost feel like there needs to be like, like you know, like a goblin assassin, a yeah. like, a, like a, an ogre that's like, oh, shit. Like the ogre fighter dude is on the board, like you know, like like a mini. Because even the monsters aren't really that scary. Like, not. I mean, ogre monsters scary, but this is the guy, in my opinion. So he's yep. got eight wounds with a three up armor save, and again, nice. it's quite clear. By the way, this is all two hundred and forty points. It's quite clear they understand that like five wounds isn't enough for your melee character to do well, right? Because um, he's got eight. So he's got eight, yeah, eight wounds with a three up armor save. Uh, he then, his uh, damage profile attack is he's got two swords. He's got the Fang Sword of Eltharion, which is four attacks, hits on a two, wounds on a three, nice. and is rend three, damage three. Nice. Right, yeah, fuck yeah. And then the Kelinari Blade, uh, which is like his kind of dagger, which is two attacks, twos and threes again, but it's only rend one, but he's still damage three. So in total, nice. he's got six attacks, which are damage three. Um, nice. Yeah, very good, right? Uh, and then he's got eighteen a damage output, right? Like, and you like he definitely is going to like go one on an objective and be like, I'm fighting here now. And you're like, yeah. okay, this is this is an issue. And then he's got the Canary Blade uh, special rule, which is at the start of the combat phase, pick an enemy hero monster with three inches, and if you do so, attacks made by this unit's blade that target that hero monster have a damage characteristic of two d three instead of three. Nice. <laughs> So like, you could actually technically roll lower than three, uh, but could be. That is six. true. <laughs> <laughs> so question is whether or not you actually want to keep that. Uh, and then he's got the oh, fangs. You order. have to do it. Uh, at the start of the common phase, you can. No, you can pick. Okay. So, yeah. And then fangs of Altharian. Add one to the wounds rolls for attacks by this unit's fangs of Altharian. If they made a charge move this turn, so it's going to be twos and twos. In addition, if the unmodified wound roll for an attack made by this unit's fang sword is a six, the attack causes an additional mortal wound. So even more output coming in. Mm. Um, Which is pretty good. In the shooting phase, you can pick an enemy within 18 inches of this unit. And on uh, a one, nothing happens. On a two to four, it suffers D3 mortal wounds. On a five, it suffers D6 mortal wounds. So he literally shoots a star at you across the board. Uh, And then he's also got... uh, 
he ignores modifiers, positive or negative, to his save. So he's got a three-up unrendable save. And then he uh, he's got the Supreme Swordmaster, ignore negative modifiers when making hit rolls for attacks made by this unit. In addition, if the unmodified hit roll for attack made by this unit is a six, the attack scores two hits instead of one. So he's got exploding nice. sixes. You can't make him minus one to hit or minus one to wound. Um, oh, no, only to yeah. the hit rolls. You can't make him minus one to wound. Um, he's got an unrendable three-up armor save. He doesn't have a ward save. He uh, halves damage as well. And he does half damage. Yeah, I was about to get to that. Yeah, he halves damage coming into him. So he's great, right? Yeah. So, like, overall, obviously, a very good melee character. And he's 240 points. It's kind of, nice. like, uh, it never makes it into any lists I've ever seen for LRL. Uh, yeah. And I think other armies would, like, rip their arms off to be able to get get hold of this unit, I think, in many ways. Yeah, he's a weird... He's a weird for Luminef Ramlords who are about controlling a board, right? And here's a hero that wants to, like, womp up the board and fight. Yes. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Or you could have, you know, like what ten sentinels at the back shooting the entire board and doing some damage output too for less points. Yeah. 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 You move six inches, so you're absolutely right. Yeah. He doesn't provide any utility other than his role as a duelist, which I think is interesting. Um, so even even at the the points value he's at and the utility that we see as a duelist character, he doesn't do enough that. LRL players generally justify putting him in, whereas Gardas yep. is one of those ones where you're like, yeah, of course, because he upscales a unit army around him. So, yeah. and, but then there is almost a hundred points difference between the two, which is kind of interesting. So I, I I hit this guy; he's great, but yeah. also weirdly never makes it into army lists, which is super weird. Well, yeah, if you're playing the dueling game, then this guy is pretty much uh, the jeweler personified but yeah in in the wider scheme of the game where you've also got the armies to consider then he's maybe does less to the for the rest of the army mm. but as a as a like a standalone piece he's pretty sweet isn't he and i also feel like <laughs> if you just yeeted like i don't know 20 bliss bars at him he just dies in a turn like, yeah. Which is more than, which is like, that's 340 points. So that's, again, 100 mm. points on top of his price point. But you know what I mean? You can just give him 20 wound dice and be like, you might die now, kid. Like, you've got a, you know, you've got a fail five, three ups, and you're likely to die. So he weirdly isn't actually that survivable, even though he looks survivable on, on, on paper. And maybe that's because of his movement. Well, yeah, yeah, it's taken him a long time to get anywhere, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Mm. Yeah. Okay, so you're going to keep him? Oh, uh, yeah, for the duelist role, yes. Yeah. He's, a He's staying. He is staying. All right, next up, maybe the crown prince of the duelist role. Oh, He's definitely. not. He's already got him open. He's got chaps on. His name's Sigvald, and he's the prince of Sinesh, and he's 205 points of raw power. What do you think, James? So 30 points cheaper. Than the light of Altharian as a Yeah, star. yeah. 30 points okay. cheaper. Sigval the Magnificent considers himself to be the favoured son of Slanesh. Few would dare question this belief. In battle, the Geld Prince fights as a golden blur, laughing cruelly as his elegant blade tears through rabble and champions alike. 
Talk to me about his profile, James. Uh, so he has shard slash. That's what his sword's called. Mm-hmm. With one inch range, because he has got a duelist blade. Basically, yeah, he does. Uh, it oh, has as a, random... a model. As a model, he's just literally. He just looks like a. He looks like a, a Spanish kind of like conquistador, like kind of like duelist, right? He's got the big yeah. long blade. He's got the 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 almost parry style shield. Anyway, sorry. Yeah, you're fine. Uh, he's got a random amount of attacks that we'll come to in a minute. Mm-hmm. Hits on twos, wounds on threes, minus two rend and d three damage. Yeah. Uh, so his ability, glorious reborn. Uh, so he fights at the start of the combat phase. So before everyone else, unless there's another rule. Uh, and if he made a charge move in the same turn, uh, oh, so he fights right, so at the start of the combat phase. Yeah. If he charges in the same turn, he uh, he can't fight again in the phase uh, unless a spell or ability allows him to. Um, he adds three to his charge rolls, and in addition to that, his attack characteristic is either five or equal to the unmodified charge roll made for the model in the same turn, whichever's higher. So he's getting plus three, but that doesn't actually matter. Whatever we roll on two dice is how many attacks he does, but he always does at least five. Yeah, yeah. yeah um, the, you see him taking a lot of lists just because that that plus three to charge means he's a great deep strike option. Because yeah. then it's just a six inch re-rollable thanks to a command ability uh, charge. So that's really effective. Uh, he n- any wounds he does can't be negated, so he chops through ward save heroes like butter. Yep. Uh, and his shield uh, gives him a four at ward. His shield gives him a four-up ward. Yeah, it's crazy. So he ends up on a, a six wounds on a three-up save and a four-up ward. Um, but he is six wounds. Yeah. Mm. I mean, a four-up ward means he's really 12 wounds. Okay. Um, like like that, because you do the armor save, then you do the ward save. Um, so I feel like he's a lot more survivable than maybe you give him credit. And he's very cheap, though. He's 205 points. Yeah, 155 cheaper than Bastion Catholos. Yeah, do you think the thing with do you think with Altharian, like the light of Altharian, sorry, do you think he's just too expensive? Do you think that two forty price point, if you were like, right, he's hundred and eighty points. He's too slow, I think. But like if I you, think if you could womp him up the board, he's pretty he's pretty fighting. But at what price point would you want him to be where you're like, yeah, I'm just gonna bang him in the list because he's gonna just guard an objective or just run around and be a menace or like uh I don't know, like I it like as you go through it, like he's he's Technically, like he does more damage than Bastion Catholos does, like fighting. Mm. And Bastion Catholos is more expensive. Are you talking about Sigvald? Uh, no, Light of Altharian. Light of Altharian. Yeah, he's pretty, he's pretty yeah. punchy. Yeah, Nathan, yeah. what about you? Do you think Altharian is just too expensive points wise? Uh, he probably is a little bit on the expensive side because. Because uh, he doesn't do anything else to the rest of the army. He's not a buffing piece, is he? No. Other than the basic command abilities. Um, so he is just a standalone unit. Uh, it's not like he's in a better at doing the, like the controlling the prime objectives or anything like that either. Nope. Like a law seeker, so. Yeah, just as a fighter, yeah, I I would have thought he'd be closer to 
Sigvald. But I mean, Sigvald is then in the Slanesh book, which is probably why it's cheaper because they're just all a bit crapper. They are all a bit crapper. I agree. <laughs> I mean, it's pro- yeah, it's probably then you're looking at the rest of the book, like the free rules that come with the book, so the allegiance abilities and spell laws and stuff like that. And that's why. That's possibly why uh, Sigvald is cheaper than than the laws than uh, the light of Arthurian. Yeah, that's fair. Um, so uh, Sigvald, uh, hit or quit? That's a real question, chat. James. Oh, he's a hit. He's a hit, definitely. A lot of output, Nathan. Yeah, yeah, he's a decent fighter, isn't he? So yeah, he's a hit. He's a duelist that wants to go and punk duelists that don't want to die from a ward save. Yeah, yeah, because he, he, he ignores ward saves, yeah. right? Like with his attack. Yeah. I feel like he's. Yeah. I feel like he's literally what you want as a unit, almost in a lot of ways. You almost want those duelists to be like, you can't have ward saves, like, like just mm. turn them off. That's quite fun. Um, yeah, I think he's great, and I, like he's a big hit. Maybe one of the better duelists in the game. Oh boy, oh boy. Next up, we're going over to Skaven. Okay. And we got a Claw Lord, my friend. Okay, we got a Claw Lord. Now, uh, he is armed with two pretty savage-looking weapons. He's covered in chainmail and plate armor across himself, but he is carrying, like, a bunch of sticks on his back, which honestly looks unwieldy. Like, it looks very complicated to wear. So this is the, this is the Claw Lord uh, for Skaven. James, how's it, how does it describe him? Uh, verminous Claw Lords are powerful fighters and cunning leaders, mm-hmm. ex- exhorting their chittering followers to overrun the enemy lines. They are most dangerous when caught at bay, for they will fight for their lives with frantic ferocity. 110 points. Uh, five wounds with a four-up save. Um, nice. A claw lord is armed with a warp forge blade. And get ready, you're going to be quite surprised. Six attacks, threes and threes, Rend one, damage two. Hmm. It's pretty good, isn't it? It's like That's a profile. Not bad. Yeah, yeah. It's like, not bad. Um, he's got add the number of wounds allocated to this unit to the attacks characteristic of this unit's melee weapons. So if he goes down to having one wound, then he's going to have ten attacks. Threes and threes, rend one, damage two. Um, and then he's got the Nash Gnaw on their bones. Uses command ability when you pick a friendly clan verminous unit. Add one to the attacks characteristic of that unit's melee weapons in that phase. I think, actually, I'm going to go out on a limb and say, Claw Lord, not bad. He's pretty good to fight. He gets more fighty as he goes on. Um, and then also, uh, he's like a he makes his army around him better. So I think pretty good, right? Oh, yeah. As a piece in the game, he's got interesting rules if if you're taking uh clans verminous uh units yeah. like storm uh not storm vermin uh storm the dudes with the spears what are they called storm vermin yeah storm vermin yeah, yeah. 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 cool so yeah or clan rats yeah, yeah. what do you think james what are your thoughts 110 points uh, yeah, he's. I think he's a lot better than you'd expect to be, maybe. And he's okay fighting, but he ain't going to get very far across the board, is he? 
Probably not, no. But like, there's some good options in the books, like to do things like stacking like death frenzy on him, so when he dies, he can come back, uh, which is quite fun. I quite like that as well. He does have like the Skaven special rule that where he has lookout sir in melee. I know um, we che- that's cheating though. I'm not doing that one. I agree. Uh, Justice War Scroll. Yeah, <laughs> Justice War Scroll. Uh, Nathan, what do you think? Uh, so as a duelist, I mean. For the points, he's probably worth it. Uh, I mean, uh, he wouldn't wouldn't stand up toe to toe against like the likes of Altharion or Sigvald, would he? But he'd probably be all right against your Doomseeker. He I mean, would. This guy could have a, f- a fun fight. Yeah, <laughs> I think he's good. I'm going to hit him. That's what I'm going to say. Mm-hmm. Hit, James. Uh, definitely a hit. Nath? Uh, I'd say borderline, but I'll go with hit, I guess, yeah. Okay, all right, mm. not bad. All right, next up, uh, is we get staying in Skaven, and we go to an Arch Warlock. Now, Arch Warlock's kind of like, I don't know, I might not, we maybe skip him. Hello, Phil Spriggers, what's up? Might I'm not sure he's a duelist, he's a wizard. He is, and a shooter, but he's actually quite good in a fight. All right, we'll just, we'll put him as the leader role, and we'll just get rid of him. That's fair. Okay. The Dark Oath Chieftain. We can maybe Ugh. just... Like... Is he meant to be like a command character and therefore not a duelist? The Dark Oath he's Chieftain. He's nothing. Right? I mean, he's got Literally massive legs. Nothing. He's got... Yeah, but he doesn't do anything. <laughs> he's got a giant... Really good at standing. This guy has eaten so much liver you wouldn't even imagine. This is the liver king level of like model in Age of Sigmar. Um he's got a giant broadsword and a massive axe. He's got a little he's even got a massive dagger. He's got two shoulder pads, one of which has got a blade on, the other's got a horn on. Like my guy is like here to fuck is what I'm saying. But does he fuck? What do you think? No. Oh. Right. Well the problem is like he can probably it's going to be a real struggle to use both that axe and that big sword at the same time. Nah, not when you've got thighs that hypnotize like that. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes. He's, he is absolutely dripping in muscle. That, that sword just goes between, like, he puts it between his knee, closes his knee and spins. <laughs> <laughs> one low blade, one high blade, kills everything. And then you yeah. read his stat line and you go, oh, this guy's rubbish. Yeah, I tried but- really hard when I did a Slaves to Darkness list several t- years ago to have him and the Dark Oath War Queen in my list. Mm-hmm. And even at 85 points, it was impossible because they're just useless. Yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> it's, pretty, it's pretty nuts. Let's not even read the story. Let's just give you the stats. Six wounds with a five up armor save. And he is pretty naked, so it makes sense. He's 85 points. And then his Warlord Axe, uh, which we can see there, which is pretty good. It's one attack. Threes and threes. Threes and threes. No rend damage one. However, his cursed broadsword. Boo. Yeah, boo. Yeah, boo. <laughs> his cursed broadsword is three attacks. Hits on a four, wounds on a three. Rend one, damage two. Um, if you charge, you add three yeah. to the amount of attacks that they have. Uh, and at the end of the combat phase, if any models were slain by this model in that phase, each unit within three inches, sorry, within one inches of uh, this model suffers a mortal wound. 
So it's just one axe. What did you expect? That's a great question. That's a good point, chat. Um, <laughs> uh, um, hello, Coots. Good morning. So, yeah, he's dying uh, to that Claw Lord, lols. He is dying yeah. to the Claw Lord. So, yeah, can we quit this guy, right? Yeah, he's, he's yeah, but yeah. it's on fours. Yeah, as well. Rubbish, rubbish, absolute rubbish. He gets six attacks to turn he charges, but he ain't going to be alive to finish. But this is kind of like this is like my absolute poster child for the for the problem I'm trying to discuss with you guys. Is what you have is an eighteen pound model from Games Workshop, single yep. one model. Yeah, for this guy who clearly looks like he's here to absolutely fuck shit up like you put him in a gladiator ring and he's fighting off all sorts of giant beasties and all sorts of other people and he's got an attack like, and he probably loses to a blight king <laughs> he definitely loses to a blight king not, not five just one yeah so like it's it's this is the really disappointing spectrum of age of sigmar which like is sad because you could add so many cool rules to the game to make this guy super fun or to this war scroll, and it just isn't. So big quit on him, which is sad because some of these character models are like the absolute tits. James, you said when you collected like this range, you really wanted to play him because he looks awesome. Yeah, so awesome. I own one of him oh, because okay. he was originally in Silver Tower. Yes. So I own one because I own that. And I was like, it's such a cool model. I painted it for that. I made a Slaves to Darkness army. I was like, I can get this in. It was all those Marauders. I was like, it narratively fits, right? Yeah. And mm. there was him and the War Queen who came out in Malign Portance. And I've always loved that model. And I think I wrote about 14 lists with them in. And every time I had them in there, I was like, but they're just toilet. Like, they're 85, 90 points each. And for five points more, I could have a bunch of Marauders that actually do something. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I yeah, it's it's yeah. He's the poster child for why we're doing this show. Basically, great model, terrible. Talking about another poster child for why we're doing this show. Uh, fantastic miniature, in my opinion. The Lord of Pain from the Hedonites of Sadesh, a brand new sculpt released last year. Uh, he is uh, he's got a tactical rock, but he is definitely like a melee foot character, covered in armor and all sorts of creepy bits. Uh, has yep. a jagged blade sticking out of his armor at the back, and he's carrying a two-handed dual mace club sort of thing. It's like a yeah two-handed mace, I think, with like massive. Spikes. It's a wicked soul piercer mace. <laughs> yeah, okay, good. Wicked soul piercer mace. All right, James, tell us the story because this has got to be good. Lords of Painted Champions of Slanesh, who have sampled countless vices and excesses, armed with wicked soul piercer maces, they lead war bands of devoted followers and are always eager to demonstrate their mastery of all forms of agony. Ooh. Okay, it's disappointment. This guy's bringing the hurt. Yeah, it's, it's disappointment, my agony. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so he's 140 points. Okay. Uh, with a five wounds with a four up save. Okay, doesn't have a ward save. So there's that. Uh, and then... Yeah, he oh, does. No, sorry, he does uh, have... Start five up. It's a five up. Uh, he likes the pain. He does. He does have a ward save, five up ward save. Uh and then in addition, each time oh, a wound... Oh, and it reflects, reflects wounds as well. So the yeah. ones that you saves get reflected. That's quite cool. Yeah, so every five-up ward save you make, yeah, you bash a wound back, which is quite fun. That's quite narrative. And it's big but soul... only in combat. 
only in combat. Yeah, yeah, melee weapons, yeah. Yeah. Uh, so then his Soul Piercer Mace is five attacks, threes and threes, rend one, damage two. Um, uh, and he also has got Paragon of Depravity. Pick, uh, you can use his command ability in the combat phase. Pick one for any mortal he knight unit holding within 12 inches model. You can reroll hit rolls for attacks made by that unit in this phase. So he does have a kind of support role for him. Mm. Uh, so four up armor, five up ward, and then five attacks that are damaged two. Hit, miss, or would you like to see something change to make this guy a little bit more viable? Like, his weapon is like borderline okay. Uh, Especially if he just puts his command ability on himself or re-rolling to head. It's quite nice. Yes. Uh, I, I mean, he's not going to be doing that. He'll be putting that on a, a proper unit of fighters. But if if you were playing the one-on-one -on -one dueling game, then he would obviously put it on himself. Uh, so, uh, he seems... Yeah, I, I think he's all right. He's a little bit squishy. Only five wins with a four-up save, but I would say he's a hit for me. I think if he's as a jeweler. I think he's like a miss for me because I feel like he needs to be damaged three. Like it's rend one. Oh yeah, yeah. You know? I mean that that mace looks like it should be damaged three, but yeah, like, like that. rend two he's not damage been, three. He's not been to the gym. He's not swinging it that hard. Mm. It, but it doesn't matter. It's called the soul piercer. Like, it, you could just say, it's got a magic touch. Like, as soon as it touches you, it steals your soul. There you go. There's your magic. Like, that's your your story done. And like and it's damage three, because it's, it's three damage. You could just headbutt people and let that spike stick into them. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> like, he's going, like, why has he got an extra attack that's, like, headbutt, like, and just that giant stick in his back stabs people? Um, so I would, like, and he also, like, isn't that survivable? So I would really like to see him have, like, more output, I think, uh, for me. So he's a miss for me. Miss for me, because I want more output. Well, the Lord of Pain's going to the final. Oh! <laughs> giving him a hit. I think, yeah. He's I got think a five up 140 so points with a four yeah. up, five up ward is better than some of the other turd we've put in. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, he'd take that Doomseeker to town. Yeah, so let's give, give him oh, a uh, pass. <laughs> <laughs> the next one is the aspiring Deathbringer. Okay, hear the words I'm saying. Aspiring Deathbringer with Gorax and Skullhammer. Okay, he is yeah. a pretty fully armored corn hero with a giant axe in his right hand. And then, yeah. as pointed out, a, a Skullhammer. In his other hand, he looks badass, in my opinion. Um, covered in armor. James, tell us about this guy. Through constant battle and unremitting slaughter, an aspiring Deathbringer fights his way to glory. Even as his axe bites through flesh, the fell champion screams the boring god's praise, urging the bloodbound <laughs> to overrun the enemy and carve them apart. Oh, boy. Red has written that. They, what you've just written that? No, no, that was I read that exactly as it was written. Okay, all right. Uh, so the aspiring Deathbringer, uh, James, tell us his stats. Uh, oh, how many weapons does he have? <laughs> He's got with one, one of oh, the one following of the weapons. Following. So we oh, can have an axe and a hammer, or an axe and a hammer. Okay, so we can have a blood axe and a wrath hammer. Mm. So he's either 
Don't bother uh, reading any three of the attack. Shit. <laughs> <laughs> This guy, the clue is in three the attack. He's aspiring. Oh, in fact, there, that's for sure. In fact, you'd never build him with the first combination because it's the worst combination. So he's three attacks and three attacks. Threes and fours, no rem one damage. Boo. Fours and threes, no rem one damage. Uh, if an enemy unit fails a Battleshock test within three of them, D3 Boo. more run away. But, I mean, that's uh, good. Uh, uh, you can use this command ability at the start of the combat phase you can add one to the characteristic by of melee weapons used by corn mortal units in a bubble it's actually really good That's by the way right. to ally yeah. him in into Slaves to Darkness um, yeah. because you can get up to some crazy attack profiles with that um, just as a side note so as a buff piece, but then you'd have to play corn. And no, you don't. You play in Slaves of Darkness with the mark of corn, slightly different. James. Yeah, but then then you're a crane. Yeah, he's <laughs> eighty points. Um, he looks incredible as a miniature. The one on the app doesn't look as good as the one on the screen, um, but uh, yeah, I mean, he's such a miss, and he's also, by the way, the first cornate character we've looked at. Like he's a like. There's nothing but melee characters in the corner. Uh, he's he's aspiring. He's definitely not get, got there yet. <laughs> Level pass. one, right? He'll get more killed. Okay, yeah, he quit him. But like, it's Double worth. Pass. But it's worth no, talking pass. about how atrocious he is. Yeah, he's oh, got those weapons are absolute. But he also They're looks worse. like he has a profile of a liberator from two thousand and. 20 or whenever the original box came out. He's got the worst pro. I mean, a sneaky snuffler's probably got a better weapon profile than that guy. It's absolutely <laughs> rubbish. I'd love to. Let's have him versus some sneaky snufflers at some point and see who wins. I'd like to be really. Like, I'd like to be really clear. You know, like if that, like in competitive Age of Sigma, if this guy just had four attacks, threes and threes, ren two, damage three, and then another attack that was like two attacks threes and threes, rend one, damage four even. He would still never get taken. Because he's like, he's like, this guy does nothing. Um, it's just, it's so funny. Um, he's trying, Nathan. It's his first day. That's what Coot says. Yeah, he is trying. Okay. That's yes, my boy. Aspiring, trying. One of the most difficult words to say. The Ogroid Thamaraturge. He's a wizard. He... James, he's only a one cast wizard. I feel like he's more. He's got a brother that's a brawler. No, this guy's more of a wi non wizard than he is a wizard. One Fine. cast is not even a wizard, really, in Zincher terms. Okay. Uh, tell me about the Ogroid. What's the story on the Ogroid? Uh, you'll have to fill for a second. Okay, no, I'll read it. I'll read it for you. Combining oh, you bestial strength with occult powers, the Ogroid Thermiturge is a deadly foe with snarled invocations. It hurls blasts of fiery energy into the enemy ranks before stampeding into their midst to pummel the survivors to a bloody ruin. Okay, so he's got eight wounds with a four-up armor save. He is a wizard. So he casts one spell. He's 175 points uh, for this bad boy. Yeah. Uh, and uh, he's got eight wounds and a four-up armor save. So eight wounds, four-up armor save. No ward save. So um, he dies pretty quick. And then he's got three profile attacks. He actually got one profile attack taken away from him uh, in the update. So it's three attacks, Good. 
threes and threes. Rend one, damage D3. Uh, that's what he's got. And then he's got... Um, uh, then he's got Cloven Hooves, four attacks. So he's got Great Horn attacks, so three attacks that damage D3. Great Horns are th two attacks <coughs> that are threes and threes, rend two, damage three. And then he's got Cloven Hooves, which are four attacks, threes and threes, no rend, damage Boo. one. Boo. Boo. Yeah, Cloven Hooves. I mean, he's got like... So he's got five attacks that damage three or D3. And then mm. he's got Berserk Rage, add one to the hit rolls and wound rolls for attacks made by melee weapons by this unit. If any wounds or mortal wounds were allocated to this unit earlier in that phase, um, so plus one to hit and wound rolls. Uh, so, mm. But then he has yeah, to get Yeah, but hit. in that phase, yeah. Yeah, he has to get hit first, right? And then um, he's got Choking Tendrils, which is a spell, which is D6 mortal wounds. So oh, he's like... Right. So I've looked at this unit a lot because I play Zinch, and... You look at the profile and you're like, 175 points is three enlightened? Like, and I know he's a wizard, so he can cast a spell. And he has a unique D6 mortal wound spell, so that's pretty unique. And he's immortal. But ultimately, 175 points is three enlightened. Why wouldn't you take three enlightened? Ever. If you're talking about raw melee output, right? Oh, yeah. 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 James, what are your thoughts? Uh, I, I always think this guy's a cool model and like he's kind of fight a um and he should be right like he's a hench like ball ball guy i don't know yeah he's a hench beach beastman fella yeah That's not a beastman. Like, yeah yeah sorry i mean as a yeah as a duelist he's he <laughs> he's fairly threatening but uh, I'm Rob going narcissistic there. <laughs> Zooming in on his face. Yeah, press the wrong button. It's just so used to doing that in the day shows. Yeah, exactly. Um, uh, I think it, I I would quit this guy because I feel like he dies ultra fast. It's eight wounds with a four up save. Like if I gave you that as just a unit, I was like, look, you got eight bodies on a four up armor save for 175 points. You'd be like, nah, like this guy's gonna just die. Uh, yeah, I think. Oh, uh, yeah, we've seen some four-up saves. I'm gonna hit him. I think he, I'm gonna see where he gets. He's okay. a duelist now. He's gonna hit someone in the face. Okay, Nathan. Yeah, let's let's see him in a fight then. Okay, I still think he's better than a doom seeker. Oh God! Oh God! <laughs> right now, uh, it's been a couple of hours, two and a half hours, in fact, uh, and yeah. then there are still a shit ton to go most of which <laughs> yeah. is, most of which is shit uh, you got a beast lord for instance uh, we, we haven't talked about Valkyr we haven't talked about the exalted deathbringer different to the aspiring uh, deathbringer yeah. also shit uh, we haven't okay, talked about yep. uh, another there's another deathbringer skull taker uh, he does not take skulls uh, radikar um, vampire lord uh, as an example, <laughs> there's a bunch of vampires. Now, Kado is one who definitely would be one that we would we would talk about. Kado um, is probably like one of the most and best duelist characters in the game at the minute, uh, which Kado. I think Kado Ezekar, the Hollow King, he's oh. actually really fantastic as a vampire model. Uh, then you've got Kritzer, who isn't and is pretty rubbish. Uh, you've got Gut Rot Spume, that's a good point, in the chat. Then you've got Savage Big Bosses, uh, War Chanters, uh, Scrag Rot, I guess, uh, but not really. Loom Boss on Giant Cave Squig, Mega Boss on Foot, 
and also the Dankhold Trogboss and many more. And there's so many that I think that we don't necessarily have time to go through them all tonight. So we'll definitely... 42.50 for a Trogboss. Yeah, it's a lot of money, man. <laughs> that's a lot of money. I don't want to tell you. It's pretty rough out there. 42.50? Yeah. It's not even that big. <laughs> no, they're pretty diddy, aren't they? Yeah. How is it, hang on. How is a Dangle Drug Bus 42 quid, but a Sludge Raker like 26 quid? Yeah, I don't know. The, the, part, okay, the pricing is done by just cutting the head off a chicken and it runs around. Um, yeah, there's also the tyrant for ogres. There's a tyrant for ogres as well. So there's like some real good conversations about some like other units. Mm. But we'll revisit that. Mega we'll, boss. Yeah, we'll revisit this ongoing list. And I would love to know what everyone else's kind of like top pick is. Uh, because I think we've already learned some really interesting things from this show. Bodyguard rules would be really cool. We would prefer more expensive units than we would prefer cheaper units. Uh, like I think like in the Colosseum of Duelists we would even like different like unit types like Paladin and Assassin versus just an out and out frontline kind of like brawler character which I think is interesting and we've also identified I think by going through this a bunch of misses where it's clear they haven't really written anything any rules at all which feels like some big disappointment I think uh, in a lot of ways uh, James well there's some inconsistencies as well with like veterans, sunbloods, and oldbloods hitting on fours, like clumsy old bloody dinosaurs. Come on, yeah. wake up. Yeah, not good at all. Versus like dudes who just always hit on twos and stuff. Yeah. yeah. Uh, like they definitely know how to write the rules for stuff that's good, but then they mm. don't necessarily transfer that across. James, you got anything you picked up from this? Uh, yeah, I think it's interesting. I think like, I won't go into too much detail, but like, I think like going back to having played Middle Earth for a whole weekend, one of the interesting things is the heroes are only normally like the low level ones are only normally slightly better than like some of the better units. But what they have is like abilities and weird stats in uh, that don't exist in Age of Sigmar, which is might, will and fate. And those like give the every hero a ward save mm. in fate. But Mike gives them like the ability to uh, uh, manipulate dice. Um, so, so not only do they have like utility in the game in maybe like a rule, like we would, and yeah. by being slightly better, but they also have like the ability to manipulate their own kind of destiny as a hero. So they can like make a dice roll better or worse to help them. Mm. They can. Shru every one of them pretty much can shrug a wound um at least one in the game so i think there's like some ability to that which maybe is missing off like some of those characters we've looked at where basically we're like you have a rubbish save you're gonna get shot by some troop and die before you get anywhere yeah i agree I, yeah it's, it's like honestly sounds like there's so much more you could do with heroes in game and i guess they've done something with heroic actions but it feels like pretty weak source anyway like i think just a great ongoing conversation that we can continue which we're going to do um any shout outs james and nathan before we head out today uh i'm gonna shout out ewan from bugman's bar who i saw <laughs> this weekend he randomly gave me a picture of obi-wan kenobi and then when i looked sad emperor palpatine perfect perfect Big shout. Oh, i fucking great. love that guy nice lad. nathan oh. i'm gonna shout out ewan from bugman's bar <laughs> Just because I like that guy a lot. 
I'm going to shout out Ewan from Bugman's Bar because he's actually <laughs> he's actually the captain of my gaming club here uh, at the local arena. So uh, I'm mm. going to shout him out. I'm going to also shout out the Twitch chat. Thanks for tuning in. Um, you're all great. Uh, shout out to everyone who watches it. If you listen to podcasts, stay hydrated. And if you are watching back on YouTube, leave comments and all that other stuff. Thanks very much, chat. Hope you had a lovely evening tuning in uh, to AOS Monday Show. Monday Show won't be back next week because I'll be travelling back from uh, Boston. Uh, so, yeah. Uh, I know, teaching, right? Teaching people all that xenophil highlighting stuff. Exactly. Uh, thanks, everyone. Oh, yeah. Hang on. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah. If you're in America, you live in America, if you're listening to the podcast, if you want to just go to America, you should buy a ticket to Rob's Painting Thing. Can't remember any of the details, dates, or rules. Is it the Everwinter GT Saturday. on Friday? There you go. Buy Friday, a ticket. Not even Saturday. Friday. Buy a You'd ticket. It'd be too late if you went on Saturday. Bye, chat. Loads of love. Bye.